0: You say tomato, I say tomato. Hold it. Eskimo. Look at that. That's one word. I love it. I usually go for the whole sentence myself, but this is perfecto. Eskimo, you know, it's so, uh, mysterious.
1: I blame not Heather, but rather a society that tells its youth that the answers can be found in the MTV video games we must pray that the other teenagers of Sherwood Ohio know the name of that righteous dude who can solve their problems it's Jesus Christ and he's in the book
2: Oh, God, this is a tragic thing, and sometimes I have a hard time dealing with it and stuff. Please send
0: Heather to heaven and all that.
3: Dear God, please make sure this never happens to me, because
0: I don't think I can handle suicide. Fast early acceptance into an Ivy League school, and please let it be
3: Harvard. Amen. Jesus, God in heaven, why'd you have to kill such hot (laughs) s***? It's a joke, man. Jeez, people are so serious.
4: Hail Mary who aren't in heaven, pray for all the sinners so we don't get caught another joke man
5: i prayed for the death of heather chandler many times and i felt bad every time i did it but i kept doing it anyway
4: now i know you understood everything praise jesus hallelujah
0: hi i'm sorry technically i did not
6: kill heather chandler but hey who am i trying to kid right i just want my high school to be a nice place amen Did that sound bitchy?
7: Hello, it is 5 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5, and this is the month of May? April? Damn, damn!
6: It is May. May. It's May. Is it May Day? It's May Day.
7: I don't know. Is May Day the first? I thought it was the fifth. That's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. What is it, Uno de Mayo? Tim? Is it Uno de Mayo will uh, be the first of May? Or I, May Day? <laughs> and welcome to the so
6: program. So May 1st is the first of May.
8: Believe it or not. <laughs> you're blowing my mind! That's one thing that'll never change. Okay. Swine flu or no swine flu?
7: <laughs> in a world of variations, Tim, that is a constant. All right, then. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in the greater city on earth, Northern Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, uh, or 1-800-344-KUFO, which I think really is only. I think it's only useful if you're calling from another country. I think if you're calling from America at this point, you have a cell phone. If you're not, I mean, you're a savage. So, I mean, really, I, there's, really there's only only two roads you're going to go down there. In any event, it is 503-228-4101. Uh, you can also email if you like. It is uh, rick at kufo.com or rick at rickemerson.com. Whatever your pleasure. Uh, Sarah with an H at kufo.com, Tim at kufo.com, or Nibbler at uh, kufo.com. By the way, that is Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, not like with two B's as though you were eating something Uh, and so forth. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. Here's what's uh, coming up in today's show. CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop joins us from Los Angeles, where I swear to God, there is yet another lead so-called in the Zodiac case. This lead is also crap. It's bumpers. Yeah. It means nothing. It's a crazy woman. Uh, in my opinion, it's protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. She seems nuts. You know who else seems nuts? It's Kirstie Alley. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself here except to say that I saw Kirstie Alley at Oprah. This is like the second day in a row that I've, I've watched the Oprah show because I've been home in the middle of the day and my wife has had the last couple of days off. Anyway, so two days ago, is was with that hooker from the Bunny Ranch, Brooke Taylor, whatever her name is. And then yesterday... I was at home and I was answering email or doing something or other. And my wife was watching Oprah and they did that big uh, montage of sort of, you know, where it's like fat celebrity, thin celebrity, fat celebrity, thin celebrity. Because Oprah herself is on that sort of weight roller coaster. So they were doing these shots of Kirstie Alley, who appears on the Oprah show about every six months. And it just it, it's like a perfect alternating 50 50 split. Fat Kirstie, thin Kirstie, fat Kirstie, th- yesterday, fat Kirstie again. So uh, and she, boy, you want to talk about a woman who's just as just as nuts as, as as the the that Planters guy with the monocle. I mean, it's unbelievable how bonkers she appears to be. So uh, we'll have some sound uh, from that later on. CNN uh, Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, joins us today. We will talk about swine flu uh, and also uh, Barack Obama's first 100 days and something else that seemed really gripping. Oh, Justice, uh, what's his name, Souter is retiring. Souter. Anyway, so he's retiring, and so everybody can start screaming about... Liberals. (sighs) That's right, Tim. We're just... uh, We're mouthpieces for uh, something or other at this point. By the way, can we have a moratorium on people saying this? Well, this is the most important Supreme Court appointment uh, of this generation. Stop saying that. They do that in every administration. They do it every administration. It's never true. Just shut it. Love of God. Um, Let's see. What else? Oh, the Blazers. That is unfortunate. Here's the good thing about it. Now I don't have to pretend to care about it anymore. Moving on, it's uh, 503-228-4101. We'll also be joined by Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will weigh in. I swear to God he's going to talk about Twitter because uh, he's got a big uh, feature piece coming up in tomorrow's paper about the Twitter phenomenon. And we were just sort of talking about that this week that it is now almost a full week since I sent any sort of a Twitter update because I've I've just sort of stopped caring about that as well.
6: I'm kind of bored by it.
7: I realize that I just don't have uh, that much to say on a constant, ongoing basis, and if I did, that would just make me a retard. I mean, really. I've, well, some
6: people are more interesting than others. Maybe I, we're just not. But
7: see, I don't think that's the case. I can't think of anybody whose Twitter updates I really uh, would want to follow that often. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, and everybody can make you know, I could the wacky DJ joke. <laughs> Maybe if uh, Jenna Jameson wants to Twitter me every five minutes with what or who she's doing. But I don't even, but it's, it's even the most interesting celebrity. Let's just be honest. Even the most interesting celebrity is only interesting when they're doing the thing that they are famous for. So, I mean, I guess like Mel Gibson's interesting uh, when he's screaming about Jews in the middle of an intersection while blind drunk. You know, if he wants to Twitter me that stuff, fine. Knock yourself out. Rest of the time, don't care. Mel Gibson is eating a bagel. Bad example. Are you, you know saying what I mean?
6: in
8: general people's lives are boring? Yes, I am. You don't Tim. wish
7: to hear any more about it. Yes. But I that am sounds saying really that. good right now. I am just saying that uh, almost no one is as interesting as they think they are, and they're really not even as interesting as we think they are most of the time so uh, so that's why I've kind of so I'm gonna use it now exclusively just to promote uh, sort of like you know if we have an up- upcoming uh, guest or the show thing or if like today we're going to be giving away one of the final pairs of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland, as well as passes uh, to meet and greet him and the chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night, which is nothing but a good time. Brett Michaels is going to be at the Roseland next Wednesday. Uh, I will be there, uh, and uh, I mean, it's not like the reason you should go. I'm just saying, it's going to be it's going to be Uh So, a meet and greet pass as well as a chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night. We're giving away those today as well. All right, so there you go. Lisa Desjardins, Jim Roop, Kelly Clark from the Willamette, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, Aaron Duran reviewing Wolverine, and so forth. And this is all true. It's uh, 503-228-4101. We are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Extelman. Hello, how are you today?
6: Hello, I chose wisely last night. I had so many people who bailed out on the Timbers game to sit in bars and watch the Blazer game last yeah, night. Yeah,
7: that worked out badly.
6: It did, and then I had uh, friends who I went to the Timbers game with who had to leave to watch the end of the Blazer game, and then I came to meet them after the Timbers, <laughs> and they were sitting there crying <laughs> you in their beers. could sold them. Honestly, I've never seen more adults... You know, crying about a sporting event in my well, life.
7: Well, it's because the Blazers are out, and so now they have to find uh, something in their own lives uh, to have meaning.
6: I just don't see sports the same way other people do. Like they're getting so worked up, but I'm like, why are you crying for millionaires who don't give a crap about you? I don't, I don't get it.
7: That's the spirit, Sarah. <laughs> why to be a Rose City broadcaster? Well, sorry. I mean, good Rose City broadcaster is the wrong good. way to put that. Probably,
6: I, I do. You know, I take pride in my city. It's it's fun to watch sometimes. But I mean, they the way, throw
7: a ball through a hoop. That
6: is really it, is. People it. get so emotional. It's just right. insane. So, um, went to the Timbers game. Zero zero. Not a lot there. But it was thirsty Thursday, so that was fun.
7: And there was just boy, there was just just uh, drunken bastards everywhere downtown last oh, night. Oh, Yeah,
6: it was a mess. Which I
7: say with a certain amount of pride uh, in my town. So, uh, so I was downtown late last night, anyway, because I had to, I did I went to uh, what's it Pioneer Courthouse Square, uh, the mall, because I have this. That meant nobody really cares about this, but I but I got a new uh, BlackBerry the other day because mine finally bit the dust because I used the thing constantly. Got a new BlackBerry, and then when you the first thing I do when I get any electronic device is I get this thing. This is not a plug. I'm just saying uh, I get this thing called uh, an invisible shield is what oh, they call crap. it. Oh
6: crap! I need to get that on mine. It's
7: like this really, really imagine like a really, really ultra high uh, impact uh indestructible saran wrap. And that's what they put around my BlackBerry so you can just... So it can never be... So you could drag car keys across that thing and it wouldn't scratch it. Uh, And so they do it now for MacBook as well. So I was down there getting my MacBook uh, shielded. And so I'm sitting there in the mall and I'm sitting by the... uh, We'll say by the... uh, Well, I'm sitting by the kiosk and the kiosk is near... Another kiosk, which is for a major wireless provider. Okay. And every single guy who was working at the kiosk, and in fact, every single guy who walked by the kiosk all stopped to watch the, like, you know, the the, the live broadcast or something of the Blazers game. And so I was kind of getting these constant updates from dudes, uh, and they would just... Sh- it was actually kind of cute,
6: because they would sort of shout out, like, three minutes left! And- oh, crap!
7: And, you know, and so I got a sort of, like, tiny window into the agony of being a Blazers fan. That's, That's why like-
6: I kind of like watching them, because everyone gets so into it. Like, the energy... In the room, like, when you're watching a Blazer game yeah. is a lot of fun. But the but the anger and well, the, that's the tears is like, so strange. Not, I'm not trying to be a jackass
7: about no. it. Like, I'm not trying to be contrary or whatever. And I know that, you know, we're in Portland and local and relatable. I I, I just i am not a sports fan. It's not that I'm opposed to the Blazers. I just am not a sports fan. Uh, I'm less than a man in that regard. So everybody's just going to be zen with that. Uh, but but I but it is but so it's sort of like just sitting there and watching a sort of sociological experiment unfold in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's probably like it was, uh, you know, when you sit in the. When it, it was probably like watching uh, me get worked up about Chinese democracy or something, or not. I don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley.
1: In the news with Tim Riley.
8: So I'll mention this so I can get it over with. The Blazers end the season with a ninety-two to seventy-six loss. End of story. (laughs) Let's talk about swine flu, shall we?
7: Done. Wait until next year. Yes. Shall
8: we? Oregon health officials say they may have the state's first probable cause of the swine flu.
7: We should send them a gift basket. Or perhaps a a selection of fruits and cheeses. Mm -hmm. This is a
8: Portland area woman. Uh, Her extended family members may have been exposed to Mexico. Now, that's not the only one. They may have
7: been exposed to Mexico. Have you been exposed to Mexico? Please contact a healthcare professional.
8: So, this might not be the only one because... Western Oregon University is closing its campus and won't reopen it till Monday. Why, that's a whole day off. The decision is based on the recommendations of the Oregon Health Department. All classes and school activities cancel through Monday. A student exhibited flu like symptoms earlier in the week and tested positive for influenza A at the health center. Wait, hold on. For what? He tested positive for influenza A. What is that? Is that, that it's swine flu? B. No, it is not. But it's possible that it might be. So So now anybody who tests positive
7: for any illness of any kind, now we have to close everything down around that. We have just become a nation of we have become such pussies in this country. Mm-hmm. Seriously, grow an immune system. Get back to work. So they have to uh, send things in a vial
8: to a national laboratory. So this story is very misleading. Don't believe everything you read today. Because this headline says "Swine flu case," which really isn't yet all right and so, but and I' saw, probable I
7: case. saw this thing like the pork farmers of America or something who you gotta i mean uh, to be fair they i mean they have a pretty legitimate beef, one might say really uh <laughs> Because uh, they're like, well, it's swine flu. Nobody's going to want to go to the store and it, because people think it comes from eating pig or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so so they don't want to call it that. They want to call it something else. There's some there's some scientific name for it, but everybody's going to call it swine flu. That die has already been cast. Uh, so, I, But I saw this thing yesterday where, well, we were talking about the fact that it, because all of the – like until they do the actual test on you where they draw blood and then they do whatever, it, it's indistinguishable from the normal flu. So now anytime you've got a cough or a sneeze, you go to the hospital uh, like a whimpering jackass – They've got to test you for the swine flu. Mm -hmm. And so now all you have to do to close, not like college kids really need an excuse to stay home for a day. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just sit here and get high and watch adult swim reruns. So uh, all you have to do is go, I don't know. There might be a guy he has got the, I don't know, mime flu, wine flu, something or other. And then everybody just takes the day off. Mm -hmm. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. Yes, life must go on.
8: Octomod the musical is now casting in Los Angeles, which is uh, basically a, a hodgepodge of different uh, styles of music, uh, and uh, a capturing of this time. You know, it's about it's about two thousand and nine, and it's for two thousand and nine.
7: It's a capturing of this time. Yes. This is the woman with the vagina that had all the children.
8: It's a capturing of this time.
7: <laughs> Whatever. It's a. It's. What did he say? It it it's seems a hodgepodge? Like an awkward
8: <laughs> sentence too.
7: Yes. It's a hodgepodge. Is it also a mishmash? This what about is, a brick a brac
8: This is our creator, Chris Voltaire. He says, people can expect an upbeat musical, because that's what we need right now. Can expect a, a happy ending arrival by
3: Captain Sully, because that's what Captain Sully is to all of us. He's, he was, he's been the happy. Are we playing yet- the right sound there? No,
8: this, this is correct. Captain now, Sully? Who's captain Sully? You remember the, uh, the pirate captain? No, no. Captain Sully was the guy who landed the plane. I don't understand. Are and we still talking about New York?
7: Are we still talking about the Octomom?
8: Yes. But also in here... Are Captain Sully, the guy that landed the plane in New York right, Harbor, right. the Shamlow guy, and Bernard Madoff?
7: Ah, uh, okay. So this is what Jim Roop was saying yesterday uh, from from uh, CNN. About because she how can't the, carry the whole play by herself. About how it is okay. about it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of pop culture stuff that's all worked. And so he said that that it changes depending mm-hmm. on the news and the headlines. They actually update the script. That is correct. All right, now it all makes sense. All right. Uh, let's do uh, one more here, and then straight ahead, uh, we will have a uh, CNN radio correspondent, James, uh, I'm sorry, Lisa Desjardins, who's joining us this hour. Uh, uh, later on, Peter Carlin, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, and uh, today's top five, the top five zombie songs. That's and we're going to talk
5: way. about
8: the CBS swine flu procedure.
7: I saw that yesterday, and I deleted it without reading it, by the way. Oh, we have, yeah. oh, the it's so great. One? No, it was, no, it, it, which isn't intentional. Not that I would ever expose my coworkers to swine flu or whatever, but I was doing that thing where I was checking my email at home. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it here. And when I connect to my CBS email from home, there's this weird kind of lag thing that happens where I'll press delete, and then it doesn't look like it's responding. So I'll press it again, and then it goes, bah, 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 and it deletes like nine things at once. And so I was like, swine flu? You know, I can't wait to read that. Let me delete this spam email that's right in front of it. Bah, 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 bah. And yes, I read the spam swine. But I hit the delete button, and I inadvertently deleted the sp- swine flu procedures. And so then I had that kind of no <laughs> moment. Because then I just pictured myself later lying dead and bloated in a ditch going, I wish I had read the
8: memo. Well, you can thank your lucky stars that I'm watching your back right, and downloaded
7: you, this so. last night. Right. I'm going to go over it. So, so there's no
8: question in anyone's mind what we're going to do if and when this strikes in the studio.
7: So straight ahead, we will tell you what CBS urges you to do in case of the swine flu. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Friday. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It is 503-228-4101. It is uh, Friday morning. Coming up uh later on today, we have seen a radio correspondent, Jim Roop from Los Angeles, who will talk about the, uh I was going to say about the Zodiac Killer lead. It's not so much a lead as it is uh, a woman who appears ever so slightly nutty and who claims that she was, she said she was like six or seven years old or something, and was driving along with her dad. Like, some guys deliver milk for a living, and they say, Hey, honey, do you want to go out with Dad while well, he takes some dairy gold to the people? And I guess this guy was, she claims it was a whole lot of, Do you want to go out with Dad while well, he shoots somebody in the face? That's mm-hmm. great. Let me get the car seat. So, uh, we will talk to Jim Roop about that. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will join us uh, to talk about uh, Twitter. Uh, we'll have a review of Wolverine. From Aaron, Geek in the City, Duran, and the Top 5 Zombie Songs. That is all on the way. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the Hills, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Good morning to you, Lisa. How are you? Good morning to you, Rick. How are you? I am, uh, I'm altogether adorable. That's how I am.
0: <laughs> Why? Well,
7: do you do say so. I mean, obviously, are you on the, what kind of phone are you on today? Is this a phone yeah. you obtained from a cereal box? <laughs>
0: sounds like it doesn't uh, this is my cellular mobile phone that I am calling you from
7: Your cellular mobile phone is that right?
0: Yes, that's correct.
7: All right, are that's you uh, yes. are you talking on your cellular mobile phone while you're uh, uh, waiting for the wagon to come by with the ice so you can uh, put it inside your Frigidaire that's out there in the uh, out there in the guest house
0: uh, something something like that exactly. All
7: right. Uh, hey, just real quickly uh, before we sort of plunge on into the, to all of the other stuff you're talking about. Um, so uh, Justice David uh, Souter Souter Sutter yeah. Souter Souter. So he is uh, retiring. So he's been there for what? He's been on the bench for like 17 years, 18 years, something like that.
0: Yeah, and he. And here's the thing: we don't have official word from either his office or from the White House that he's retiring. This is all media reports. Uh, you know, CNN reporting. I think MSNBC was the first to report that he's leaving.
5: So,
7: uh, is this one of those things where I mean, is it possible that somebody, uh, like let's say at MSNBC, just decides for a goof uh, that they're going to put something like okay. that out, and then everybody reports it, and then he wakes up and he reads the paper and he thinks, Well, Christ, well, I guess I best guess I better retire.
0: <laughs> it's time for me to go. Wouldn't that be great? I uh, hope that that's true. I really hope that's true. So now, but, uh, I doubt it.
7: Yeah. Uh, so now when Barack Obama thought that his first 100 days couldn't get any more interesting, because, I mean, let's really let's count it down here. I mean, he's had the, uh, the, the broken, stupid, imploding economy he's had to deal with. He's had pirates he's had to deal with. He now is dealing with swine flu, and now he's got a Supreme uh, Court appointment. And as we, all, we were saying earlier on in the show, every time somebody retires from the Supreme Court, you get the same obligatory sound bites from everybody where they say, well, uh, Brian, I have to tell you, this is shaping up to be the most important and mm-hmm. crucial Supreme Court appointment in a generation. Lots of big issues at stake and a sharply polarized electorate. That is going to make this a political firestorm. And that's like, <laughs> and that's when I decide just to switch over and watch more Ace of Cakes or something. Cause I just, cause I just don't care. But, um.
0: No, I, but the great thing about this one is pretty much everyone admits not a big deal. <laughs>
7: <laughs> That's fantastic. That should be someday, many, many, many years from now, when he passes away, that should be his epitaph. You know, Justice David Souter, not really a big deal.
0: <laughs> well, he he has been important on the court, but he's a liberal justice, more or less. Or he he leans the way that, you know, the President Obama is more likely to want on key issues like, say, abortion. Uh, and they'll replace him with, you know, a very, probably a more liberal judge. And. You know, it, it doesn't—it sh- doesn't shift the balance of power on the Supreme Court, as people like to talk about.
7: Hey, speaking of uh, shifting the balance of power, so what is it with Arlen Specter suddenly deciding uh, to be a Democrat? Uh, is that sort of a—that seems like a thing that'll get you disinvited from a lot of cocktail parties.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, and very quickly. And in fact, just uh, yesterday, I think it was overnight yesterday, they physically moved his desk in the Senate chamber from one side to the other.
7: That's you know, fantastic.
0: Isn't kind of, <laughs> that great? Like. I, I, Get that duck out of here. I'm picturing you don't him. Want him
7: anymore. I'm picturing it like that, uh, like that, what's his name? The counselor in, in the movie Meatballs, uh, where it's like he's constantly waking up and they've decided to, they've taken his bed and put it on a canoe and kicked him out the middle yeah. of the river or something while he's asleep. <laughs> and God almighty. Yeah. All right.
0: Something like that, yeah. Well, it was the only way he could survive, and the truth is, he, he, he doesn't like the. Uh, far right of his party, and and so he, he left.
1: I,
7: I do like the idea that he put out a press release. He's, he did say, as you just noted, somebody the effect of well, what do you uh, what do you want to? I, I got to keep my job. I uh, I have no other skills. This is what is necessary to keep my uh, to keep my my employment. So uh, everybody there, can just. There's
0: uh, not a single good word about the Democratic Party. Like no. not not
7: one. No, he didn't say like I admire their ideals and I find that they are standing for the common values that weave this country together into a cultural tapestry. He didn't say any of that. It was like a lot of that. It was a lot of like Ireland Ar- Ar- got a mortgage to pay, so uh, I'm going to do whatever I have to. Thank God. Uh, yeah. And God, let's see. And then finally, is it? I don't know. I'm just reading this off the page here, so I'm assuming it's true because I have no independent thought. It actually says here: CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins is reporting on how Congress is tackling the world, tackling the world of tackling the world of college football. So,
0: yeah, hilarious pun there. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of actually, you know, I love the world of college football, so I'm pretty excited that there's this hearing today about the BCS. But I, but I do question, you know, should Congress exactly be figuring out how, you know, the championship series should work for college football? I mean, is that is that what they should be focusing on right now? So I don't know.
7: Realize at this juncture that I don't really understand what the BCS is or what they'll be determining or what exactly the problem is that has to be addressed.
0: What is happening? Right, not unlike uh, most of Congress, probably. Yes,
5: uh, yes.
0: But, but the deal, the BCS, basically, it's a point system, and you you accumulate points all throughout the college uh, season, and by the end, this point system determines which two teams will play in the championship. A whole bunch of folks every year. There's some team that has a great season, but somehow, you know, just doesn't make it because of the points into the championship game. Uh, and you can argue back and forth that it, some people say it works great, others don't. But a lot of folks say it's time for a playoff system, uh, just like you know, NCAA basketball. Uh, and so now this whole playoff versus point system debate, right here, right here in Congress, it has come to the big house. And we'll see. And there, there actually is a push to pass a new law to force college football to have a playoff system.
7: It's almost hard to believe that people don't take our system of government seriously in certain <laughs> sections of the world. I mean, really, I mean, it's like it, 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 one day we, you know, we're interrogating Joe McCarthy about about communists, uh, and the next day we're, we're demanding, uh, you know, that we can satisfy the Tank McNamara demographic. Right,
5: All right. All right.
7: That was on my uh, little Dennis Miller moment yeah. there. All right.
5: All right, I'm Lisa. one
0: more thing. Yes. Yesterday the president sent out a release uh, proclaiming National Law Day for people just like you uh, that makes snarky comments about our government, there is a National Law Day where you are to celebrate uh, the rule of law. Really? Yes. I'm not kidding. That really That's really what happened. So
5: there
7: is actually a presidential edict demanding that I celebrate the rule of government authority over my life.
0: Uh, I don't know if it's demanding, but it's certainly giving you the option uh, <laughs> at, at, at my, end the day.
7: At my leisure.
0: At your at your leisure, at your leisure, and it actually um, it it actually turns out it's today.
7: All right, so uh, so really, I am to I am to hew to any and all forms of governmental authority today, uh, and uh, and to embrace them warmly to my uh, to my figurative citizen bosom.
0: Right, reflect on this legacy of law. That's what the president wrote. He wants you to reflect on law.
7: I'll uh, I'll do that today, sometime between taquitos (laughs) and nap.
0: All right. Uh,
7: Have a fantastic weekend, Lisa. Okay, thanks. There you go. CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. That's wonderful. I dig her. All right. Straight ahead news from Tim Riley. Plus, what does CBS want you to do in case of the swine flu? The answer is. Coming up next. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101K UFO. all
8: in perspective. For all y'all enjoyment, a song y'all can step with. Y'all appointed me to bring rap justice
7: broadcasting and ADHD. He treated me like a dirty whore. Hey,
2: free sex! The Rick Emerson Show returns.
7: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO 503-228-4101 is our phone number coming up later on. We'll be giving away a pair of passes to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roselands, as well as meet and greet and your chance to perform on stage with the night's final song. Still to come uh, today, CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop. Next hour, we're talking about the Zodiac Killer. Also, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. This, however, at the news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley.
1: In the news with Tim Riley. Somebody's trying to steal
7: my
8: baby. The words of a southeast Portland woman. Cops are looking for a suspect, a mother says, trying to take off with her baby. The woman told him that an armed man she did not know forced his way into her apartment on Southeast 162nd. The woman confronted him and he took off. Police locked down three area schools. They didn't find the guy. Described as a black man in his early 20s, about six feet tall, wearing blue jeans and a red and white striped shirt. The cops don't think it's related to a custody issue, drug or gang activity.
7: Wait, let me just, uh, hold on. Let me just back up here for a second. So she's on uh, Southeast 162nd, and I mean, do we know and what? No, we don't know the cross street. I mean, I'm guessing Stark. <laughs> Does it matter? Uh, so no. I, I'm assuming. I'm assuming I mean, it's, uh, all
8: these apartment houses look like beat up motels anyway.
7: Yes, they do, Tim. Hey, I'd like to come and uh, can I uh, can I just get a room for the night here at the uh, here at the Weep and Shame? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so she's at a, Southeast 162nd and whatever know, <laughs> and sadness. A guy breaks into her apartment, or so she's there. A guy comes in. What Mm -hmm. is your
8: story? Yes. He forced his way into her apartment.
7: Uh Uh-huh. Because he wanted a baby from southeast Portland.
6: Right. So many men in their 20s are running toward babies. They're
7: the best kind. Because, yes, because a... uh, (laughs) Because a man... Decided it was just to...
6: Angelina Jolie has been
8: seen lurking in the area looking for a Southeast baby.
7: You know what? Men... Yeah, as Sarah pointed out, men really all... Men go out of their way uh, to try to get uh, babies. Men love responsibility. (laughs) Love them. And so he decided, I I need... I must have a baby. I need more responsibility in my life because guys love commitment and they love being tied down by things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the best part of Portland, 160th in Southeast. Mm -hmm. And I'm going... To steal a baby. To
6: pick the cream of the crop.
7: And I'm going to steal a baby that's behind a presumably locked door in an apartment whose occupants are unknown to me, Mm -hmm. not knowing if they have maybe guns or other weapons with which to defend themselves. They're stealing the babies. Tim, I find this story completely plausible. There is absolutely nothing suspicious about this woman or what she told the police. Mm -hmm. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Meanwhile,
8: a pair of mice mauled a bedridden 89-year-old man in an Australian nursing home Shredding parts of his ear and prompting the government to call for an investigation. I don't think you mean mice. I think you
7: mean uh, vultures. Well, that's what it says here. Uh, the uh, mice, mice. How can a pair of mice maul anything bigger than a, than a peanut? These are Australian mice. Oh, uh, oh.
8: A bedridden gentleman had the tops of his ear severely chewed, his head badly bitten, and had a very bad wound to the throat. Uh, the government officials said uh, the people at the nursing home were very slow to respond to the mice. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the blood-covered veteran was discovered on wow. Anzac Day, which is Australians' Day to remember its fallen heroes, only makes people even angrier.
7: Well, no, that's totally appropriate. That I was on that day. They went, "Oh, damn! Remember that guy in the bed? I wonder what's up with him." Oh, he's covered in mice and blood.
8: Those look like tasty ears.
7: Yes, they do. You take him. the left
8: one, I'll take the right one.
7: You know, are these when you then say? Then will chew on his throat. That's not us saying that. We're, 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 imagining we were mice. speaking
6: for the mouse.
7: <laughs> right? Imagine what the mice might've been we're thinking. We're the spokespeople for the mice. Imagine what Frankie and Benji, uh, might've thought as they were, uh, go- I was going to make a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference about his brain. Never mind. Uh, but uh, when you say Australian mice, is this like Australian mice with the Sylvester and Porky Pig cartoons where it really is just, cause then I'm just picturing the huge well, was it the animals, kangaroo with the boxing gloves.
8: Right. All their animals are like mutants and they all hop around and try to beat people up. They're all life size.
7: That's right, Tim. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk.
8: So Kirstie Alley's on the Oprah show, and uh, she said apparently many strange things. Uh, for one thing, she's mad at herself for gaining all her weight back. So when
7: did you first start slipping? When they stopped coming to your house? Yeah. Are you
2: mad at yourself? I have been. I've I've hated myself. I've loathed myself. I've you know, if I had a whip, I'd probably whip myself. And I yeah. don't know. Maybe that'd feel good. So I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> but anyway, I. I, would, I yeah. I've been so, you know. Look at her. She doesn't know what to make of you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, (laughs) I, you know, you, you beat yourself up. It's like when I emailed you. Yeah. And I went, what the F? What am I doing? Why am I? Yeah, you actually said what the F? Several times in the email. I know.
7: So, let me just say this. What
2: the F? What am I doing?
7: (laughs) Just. First and first and foremost, this is just my observation. These are my opinions as a bloviator. Uh, these are protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. Kirstie Alley seems nuts. You nuts. know, and Oprah
6: kind of needs to shut her mouth about talking to someone else about weight problems.
7: Oh, oh no. I mean, because She's Oprah... like, well,
6: how long have you been struggling? It's like, really, Oprah? Get the fork her, out of your
7: mouth. Get the what? Fork.
6: Oh. Fork. What? <laughs> what did it sound like? I what said? the F? What am I doing? That's
7: exactly what it sounded like. Wow, the the moral of the story is uh, don't talk over Sarah when she's saying fork. F O R K. Anywho, uh, no. So I'm uh, watching this, and to Oprah's credit, see the thing you don't you're not seeing here is to be fair, is the setup because Oprah does say she acknowledges the fact that she herself does the fat thin fat thin fat thin thing. Uh, uh, Oprah, what uh, I was gonna say, she doesn't doesn't make a big uh, production out of it. I mean, she does in the sense that when she lost other weight, remember there was that horrible thing where she came up with a wheelbarrow full of fat that time. (gasps) Oh, I, I know who's wait, fat. I, oh, well, not her own, presumably, uh, so, but like I. From Lipo, no, was I. Was it
6: like Fight Club? It was with fight like baggies of it? She, she
7: came out with a bunch of bars of. You know, if she made bars of soap out of her fat, uh, you she know, She sell those
6: for millions. Oh, God, you know that that audience Women of hers. Women just want to bathe in her.
7: Seriously, that audience of hers would just. Can I slather myself in Oprah? That's so wonderful. I'll pay any price. You can take any
6: product, and put Oprah on
7: it, and people love it. Yes, you can, Tim. They should do, they don't should tell just, people
8: what it's for. Just say Oprah.
7: They should just sell like a big can of just uh, of just of just uh, like Oprah. Just, what the f? I was going to say just of like pee or something, or just like here's a big can of gruel, and then but like on the front of it, oh, and just see what people buy. But so Oprah did this thing many many years ago. I know a lot about Oprah for some reason. Where when she lost all this weight the first time. She came up with a wheelbarrow, literally a wheelbarrow of fat. And she's like, this is how much fat I lost, whatever. So she does make a big production, but what she doesn't do, she doesn't sort of get all weepy and cryy about it.
6: No, see, I... I, uh, Not that I've I've seen, anyway.
7: She doesn't sound crazy, is my Yeah, but I've
6: read interviews with her, and she's just like, I just can't seem to keep the weight off. She's a millionaire, and, like, she... Sits there and has, you know, like personal trainers, and she has personal chefs and everything. Right. Yet she still complains to magazines that she can't just stop to eating for some reason. That
7: is to, that is absolutely true, it, though. It what you just me. said there, because it, I mean, it, it seems like normal people who are not like jillionaires manage to keep their weight off. Seriously, by, if, if all of us, what is that called? It's a uh, it's sensible diet and exercise. Yeah, That's if if, if
6: we had personal trainers and personal chefs who are making like delicious low fat food, like you'd be in tip top shape. Well, I you we know, all would be.
7: I mean, uh, I mean. So she does have that Kirstie Alley is just Kirstie Alley, though, has got that that thing, which I believe is the kind of actress need for attention in that they were showing this montage of clips of her on Oprah. And the last time Kirstie Alley lost all this way, she did the worst possible thing, which is that she came out on Oprah in a bikini. No, No, but I mean, which which in and of itself, I don't have any problem with that. Fine. Being in a bikini, whatever. But she came out on stage when she lost all this way, Kirstie Alley. She came out on Oprah, and they were showing this clip. And she comes out, and she's doing, you know, she's, like, twirling around. Sexy mom dance. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. It's the the sexy suburbanite shuffle. And they're playing, you know, like, some Shania Twain song or whatever. And the only problem with that is, it's like Dan Savage said about uh, celebrity lesbian couples. Dan Savage, the sex columnist, said... As soon as Melissa Etheridge and Julie Seifer went on television and said, we're going to be together forever, it's like you are just, you were announcing in effect that you will be divorced within a year. I mean, if you are a celebrity a couple of any kind, especially a high-profile couple, which they were at that time, and kind of controversial, as soon as you announce that, you know, we're going to be in love until the day we die, you know that you're going to split up. You just, you cause it to happen. And as soon as Kirstie Alley went on Oprah in that bikini, like, and I'm going to keep the weight off, you immediately know that it's going to be like one of those Gilligan's Island things. Where he's like, you know, where they try to make him put on a dress. And Gilligan says, you can't make me. You can't make me. You can't make me. And then it cuts to him in a dress. <laughs> the Alley. I'm going to keep all this weight off, even though I'm crazy. And then they cut to her yesterday where she's on the couch going like, oh, I don't know. I'm do sorry? I'm sorry? I do have that comment. I'm sorry? Have that well, comment. you know, when okay. I
2: did it, I didn't like the bikini thing after I saw it. I was like, okay, oh, you don't look thin enough. You don't look this enough. At all. And now I looked at it and I went. You didn't look you didn't look horrible. You were pretty good then. Yes. Yeah, but I I, I have that problem of not knowing what I looked like at the time Yeah, and so um, you know, can you believe this is what I said? You know when I came out about falling off the way I can't believe I'm still talking about it Can you uh, No. it's sort of um? it's you know it's humiliating you sort of you, you have people who you inspire and then i think the biggest thing for me that is the biggest most painful thing for me is i have all these people that i inspired and then i let them down
7: yes everyone was modeling their life after kirstie ellie which is why later <laughs> wasn't. on she announces uh, later on in the show that because and when she says they came to her house she made that quote where she said well they stopped coming to my house she's talking about jenny craig because she was a spokesperson for jenny craig and She, you know, didn't have anything bad to say about him, but uh, apparently the deal with Jenny Craig, which I I should have figured out, is that when you are, uh, uh, you know, and advertising for them and you say, like, I lost 32 pounds, I guess they have to come to your house and they have to weigh you with, like, an accountant or something there so so they can say that it's true so it's not false advertising. But I guess as soon as the Jenny Craig people stopped showing up with, like, a whip and a gun, to, to, to weigh her, you know, like forcibly, she just stopped. As soon as she was not going to be on television and she wasn't legally required to lose weight, mm-hmm. she just started like, mmm, and just bloated back up.
2: I've hated um, myself. I've loathed myself. I've, you know, if I had a whip, I'd probably whip myself.
7: Yes, and she'll be putting out her own diet book F? this what fall. What am I doing? That'll be, she told Oprah, she's like, I've designed my own new system. And Oprah said, what is it? And and then Kirstie Alley, who's sitting on the couch, Wait, by the way. she's talking
6: about a diet book? So, yeah.
7: And so as she's sitting on the couch with Oprah yesterday. It's
6: like Dr. Phil.
7: And she's and she looked bad, man. She's got bad blonde hair and too much makeup. And she's wearing this ill-fitting sundress. Like and I know Veronica's I,
6: Closet, blonde.
7: And, yeah. And I sound like Mr. Blackwell right now, so I apologize. But, I mean, come on. She's sitting there on the couch. She's like, no, well, I just kept eating. And I, uh, I can't seem to stop shoveling cake into my mouth. And Oprah says, well... How are you going to handle that? And Kirstie Alley has the nerve to open her mouth and say, well, I have designed my own system and you'll be able to buy it uh, this fall in bookstores everywhere. And then, then she closes the whole segment out by saying, because were are now in May, right? So she says, by November, I'm going to be totally ripped, though. And then <laughs> Oprah, I think, just took pity on her. And Oprah was just like, yeah, okay, we're going to take a break. And yeah, they just, they just, they went away after that. So it was fantastic. Thank you, Tim. Those were, uh, those were amusing. You're welcome. All right, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. What the F? Ah. Thank you. So anyway, uh,
8: a couple of things. First of all, the White House is trying to, well, temper down those comments made by Joe Biden yesterday. I keep thinking this guy's name is Robin Gibb, but it's actually uh, Robert
5: Gibbs. Joe Biden had this to say.
4: What the vice president meant to say was uh the same thing that uh, again many members have yeah, said in the last few days
7: right yeah as soon as you have to open your mouth as a spokesperson go what he meant all to the say flies was... come out <laughs> i don't even know what that means but i know exactly what it means uh so because that was when biden was like I, if i was on the subway right now i'd panic i would eat the first person next to me or whatever it is he said and then everybody it freaked out that's uh, fantastic.
8: So then uh, Mayor uh, of New York, Mayor uh, Bloomberg boards a number four, five and six train in the Upper East Side right after that. I
7: don't see people coughing or sneezing on the subway. Um, I don't see people complaining. Uh, the bottom line is I feel perfectly safe on the subway. And I I mean, it's just a, such a jackass thing for for Biden to say. I mean, even if you think it's true, why would you say that? I mean, especially if you think it's true, why would you? think mean, This would cause some sort of national freakout or something. Yeah, that guy shouldn't be allowed near a near, near a microphone mm-hmm. ever again. I mean, really. I mean, I mean, from my perspective, that he should be wired all the time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, really, just looking at it from our vantage point here on the show, I want a lavalier mic, I want a lapel mic on Joe Biden that is wired into a national loudspeaker so we can hear him everywhere he goes. Um From the Obama administration's perspective i'm surprised they haven't just bound and gagged that guy like 24 style and stuck him in an attic somewhere uh straight ahead we have more news from tim riley jim roop joining us from los angeles with the latest on the zodiac killer improbably kelly clark from the willamette week and a review of wolverine by aaron duran it's the rick emerson show on rock 101 KUFO. ufo
2: one-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion
7: nazis have boobs too
2: rick emerson.com
7: the Rick Emerson Show. They
8: attacked me like a, such a mad wolf. And they took me I thought I was going to die. Because they were like rabbit animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns.
7: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Friday morning. 503 228 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Uh, sometime in this hour, ladies and gentlemen, we will endeavor to give away a pair of passes to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland, May 6th. Uh, A pair of passes to see Brett Michaels, as well as a meet and greet with Brett, and a chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night, Nothing But a Good Time. So that is sometime this hour. Be listening, won't you please? Uh, Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Friday morning.
8: A reported case of the swine flu closes Western Oregon University till Monday. The Oregonian claims Sam Adams called Bo Breedlove 33 times Dope. when the youngster was still 17. We'll have more about that later. put public records.
7: Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is... Uh, what is the funny thing, Tim? I'm sure uh, Sam is out there wanting to know. What is funny about all
8: this? Well, Sam turned over his uh, phone records to the Oregonian but blacked out certain calls like... Why would you... Oh, uh, how wow. would you How would you not eventually find out... That's Who like those putting calls a,
7: were too That's like putting a post-it note over it. don't read this part, mm-hmm.
8: really? Yes, he blacked out parts of his cell phone, and of course, what's a good reporter to do let's unblacken this. Good God Almighty.
7: How do we, uh, are you, you're not making that up? Is that a, is that are you reporting on? um
8: I am reporting on
7: facts. I have it right here. No, no, no but, but the part about him blacking out the phone numbers, is that like ill-founded? I mean, is that is that there, something you heard or is that no, no, part no, no. of the I, story? I am
8: quoting the Oregonian story. Adams personally gave the Oregonian his phone records and blacked out what he said were personal calls except those to breed love. The billings do not show the source of the incoming calls, nor do they provide a record of the text recordings. Adams made most of the calls between March 31st and May 9th and uh, they lasted just one minute. Adams made fewer calls in May and June, but kept in touch, including soon after he was scheduled to return from his New York vacation. According to Adams' calendar, his flight home was scheduled to arrive 8 p.m. June 4, 2005. PDX records indicate the plane arrived at 7.39. Adams' phone records show the first calls made after the flight arrived were to Breedlove's cell phone and the home of Breedlove's mother. Adams also called Breedlove on June twenty-fifth, the day the boy turned 18. <laughs> Wow. The day Breedlove turned 18.
7: Well, maybe he had a gift for him.
8: Adams gave the Oregonian his four records and blacked out what he said were personal calls except for those to Breedlove.
7: Wait, so he said that the stuff he was blacking out didn't concern Bo Breedlove? That's correct. Yes. I mean, not like it's illegal to lie to the press, but I mean... But it's that's not cool. illegal to lie. Well, it's no, it's not, Tim. And it
8: takes good practice to be good at it. Eventually, <laughs> you do get caught, especially if you're a politician.
7: That's what the game is all about. <laughs> Seriously, that you, you really have summed it all up in one sentence. And that's as as Richard Nixon said. Uh, it is Richard Nixon called it, um, and then Hunter Thompson echoed this when he said, "It is the it is the fastest, meanest track of them all. And if you uh, mess up just once, they will whack you and everybody you ever knew into hamburger." Good God so Almighty! So at the
8: same time. Uh, the, the counterpunch from uh, the mayor's office hey how about that bike lane we're going to put on Broadway <laughs> everybody forget about this phone hey. I'm going to give you bike riders a bike lane to how, ride on Broadway. how about
7: $100 each and a back rub huh come on I have more scandals to talk about later g- too okay by the way I would like to just uh, has anybody done the obligatory like call it again Sam or call him again Sam or dial it again Sam something mm. like that is in terms of 33 times yes and on the day he turned 18 mm. wow
8: that well, is, uh, well, he was too old for checking cheese at that point.
7: <laughs> yes, yes, he was, Tim. <laughs> More salacious details to come. Here's uh, uh, me, I guess. I'm sorry, I got so caught up in the Sam Adams. Wait, I, tre- oh, I,
8: I forgot to give you the headline <laughs> that you wanted. From the <laughs> we, sports page sort of the Oregonian today, nice try, see you later. It's not the Sam, but I guess it could be. That is, the, oh, is that-,
7: that is the front page of the sports section. It's just a photo of a grown man weeping. I don't know who he is. Uh, and then it says in huge letters, this is about the Blazers, Nice try, comma, see you later. And did you say that that's, what's his name, John Consano? Well, his commentary is right
8: underneath that. So Cassano, I don't know if he wrote it or not. There's also another article next to that by Joe Freeman.
7: So I don't know if, if uh, Consano, if he uh, is the guy who wrote that headline. But I, uh, he, you know, blah, 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 not much of a sports fan. I am blah, blah, blah. Uh, he is a really, really, really well-regarded writer. And all the guys I know, like my friend Chris Sneath and all the guys who are really into sports, they, they kind of swear by his by his coverage. Uh, But I know kind of so much about him and the style in which he writes it. As soon as I saw that headline, he was the name that sprang to mind because that's kind of his that's kind of his M.O. He kind of has that David Simon thing going on. Nice try, comma. See you later. Not not, you know, hey, well done. It's the look, it's all in how you play the Mm -hmm. game. Sort of a please get your things and move along. And we wish you well in your future opportunities. (laughs) Get out. Oh, I'm, hey, but I meant to ask you, so the Blazers, uh, not so good last night. Yes. You went to the Timbers, was it the season opener?
6: Uh, no, they already played in uh, Vancouver. They had one game this past weekend.
7: But it was the first home game. It was the first home game. So uh, Did they win?
6: No, uh, no it was 0-0. Oh. You know, those thrilling soccer matches. It's not the destination, you know, it's the be, journey.
7: It'd be more exciting if uh, if that 0-0 tie. How long is the game?
6: At least they didn't lose. How, how long long's the Timbers game? 90 minutes.
7: Yeah, so an hour and a half of your life spent uh, watching a zero-zero tie. If we could just put that in a five hundred million dollar stadium, that'd be uh, it'd be ever so much more exciting. Honestly,
6: I'm going to be uh, bummed out when you know they move this stadium. It's so beautiful there. I love watching the games at PGE Park.
7: As zero-zero tie,
6: mm-hmm.
7: as uh, as Dan Rydell once said, uh, here's a uh, humble suggestion: make the net bigger. Well, there you go. I have. It wasn't,
6: but you know what? At least I wasn't sitting in a bar crying watching the Blazers. No,
7: no, you weren't. Because a lot of
6: my friends opted out to not go to the Timbers game. They're like, "Oh, we're going to be there when history
7: is made." Yeah, it's like it
6: might be. You know, they're going to make it to the finals, and I'm not going to watch the Timbers.
7: Here's the thing: is and I just knew. Look, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm really not, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be like edgy guy who's in Portland but is talking badly about the Blazers because I'm not. I because here. Because it's, I just don't care one way or the other. That's the thing. I'm just not going to pre- pretend that I care. Or, and I'm not also not going to, pre- I'm also not going to jab at the Blazers just for its own sake. When I lived in Utah, I would jab at the jazz all the time just to annoy people. Mm-hmm. This is not the case here. I'm just saying, it's like Kirstie Alley going on Oprah in a bikini and saying, look how thin I am. I'm never going to be fat again. And then you fast forward to her yesterday. Where it's like you expected her at one point just to take out a wedge of Brie while she was talking to Oprah and just so anyway. I don't for fact. Um, that was the thing with the Blazers. You know when I, I'm just gonna say this one thing, and I know it makes me sound like a dick, but I'm just gonna say this one thing here. Do you know when I knew the Blazers weren't gonna win? When they had when? that huge freaking rally in at Pioneer Courthouse Square. It, like, was it, like two weeks ago? There was a yeah. massive rally, or was that the day you were gone, Sarah? Was that the day you were out of town?
6: It must have been, because I don't remember it. was it. a Friday.
7: and it was the it Yeah, was the, I was gone then. Yeah, it was the, there was a massive, massive rally. It was because it was the same week as the stupid tea thing. Uh, you know, uh, you know. so the same thing. and you know, the, the, the bunch of pasty people stand, standing around waving signs. Um, but there was, was just a, time wasted. A, a, as soon as there was this massive rally in Pioneer Square, where it's like, Blazer's going all the way! And I was at home, and I saw it, and I went, Oh, no, they're not. And I just switched over to something else. I just st-
6: got to say, another like win for the timbers. I went to the MLS to PDX rally, and I'm saying MLS came to PDX.
7: Wait, what? I don't even know soccer. what you are talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I thought you
6: were talking about that.
7: that I thought you were talking about like a multiple sclerosis benefit.
6: <laughs> yeah, MS to PDX. <laughs> oh, that's
8: all we
7: need is MS. It's a. Um, anyway. That's like, a, that would be like one of those, what was Gilda Radner's character on SNL that was always, um, Emily Latella, who was yes. always mistaking things, and I don't understand why we're trying to bring MLS to Portland. Who wants to be twitching all the time? Anyway, but as soon as they had that huge rally at Piner Cronus Square, and there was like 90 jillion people. Like doom. They doom. We were all down there, and they, went to, man, they were like doing everything, but, uh, but buying uh, their their finals tickets like that day. And I said to myself, "Well, that is uh, that is when it's all uh, going to be looked at as having gone awry." Mm. And, and sure enough, so uh, that was
8: the jump the shark event. Yes,
7: it was. <laughs> oh, final thought on the on the Kirstie Alley thing. So you're talking about uh, Kirstie Alley sitting on the couch in Oprah looking bad, 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 and you tied that into sort of these photos of Jennifer Aniston are floating around. where don't wear a bra. I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, here's the thing: there does seem to be a particular kind of woman. Uh, that always goes bra and it's never the kind of woman. First of all, it's usually- It's kind of
6: like the weird natural, like, yoga women. That's it. That's it. That's exactly what no I was talking no. about. It's the people
7: who ride nude on the max. It's and hippies.
6: people them, and it's people
7: will. hippies.
6: So, it is, like, strap those suckers in. Like, I don't need to see them. I
7: went to, no. I was at a coffee shop yesterday, and let me- do, Here's the thing about it is, like, even a woman who might have, uh, to- to the, uh, to the aesthetic eye, who might have a pleasing body shape. How do I put this? It's not like I'm not trying to be that, like, guy who says, like, women have got to be all strapped up or your your natural body is hideous. Alter yourself. It's not that. It's that, like, there's something in, in – I think there must be something in, like, a chemical in bras that, like, when you wear them a lot, you also decide that, you know, you, know y- y- you ought to, like, wash yourself before you leave the house. Because as soon as a woman stops wearing a bra and she becomes one of those braless hippies, stops showering and then just begins to sort of uh, – just begins to reek – uh, you know, of, like, bad Santana records and pot. And so there's a woman sitting next to me at the coffee shop yesterday, and she looks like a Manson girl, and she's got the weird, you know, the braless thing, and then the sundress, and then she's got that pregnancy stomach, but, you know, she's not pregnant. Mm-hmm. And all those things all seem so to be like, too much
6: tofu or something. Exactly.
7: So they're just, I'm just saying, as Sarah said, and Sarah can say because she's a woman, put that on and cinch it up. And leave, well, I know. Well, and it, everything in moderation.
6: Well, and it sucks. Like, I don't like wearing a bra, but, I mean, I also know that I'm not going to go around wearing paper-thin shirts of, you know, those girls who like just have them swinging around. See, no, she's
7: gross. See, that's my that's my other thing. Is like it's not it's not just that. I like, get You know, wear it or don't wear it. It's, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to be a prude about it. But it does seem like w- women who opt to go without the bra, a, are always hippies, and b, then they wear clothing that's like specifically designed to make them look as bad as possible.
6: Exactly. Like sometimes I'll go braless, like on a weekend or something. But I mean, I'll wear a sweatshirt or yes. something. Like you just don't. Just seems like, kind of like, oh, I'm all natural, but at the same time trying to get attention because I'm not...
7: That's totally what it is. Yeah. It's like, I'm not... A b- it's like, I'm a feminist, but
6: look at my boobs. That's tr- <laughs> Don't take that out,
7: <laughs> <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, straight ahead, CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Rupp will join us from Los Angeles. He'll talk uh, Zodiac Killer. Yes, this is a 2009 broadcast. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian coming up. Aaron Duran will review Wolverine. And we'll have uh, today's top five, top five zombie songs. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show
1: returns.
8: Whose eyeballs am I going to pick out?
1: On Rock 101 KUFO.
7: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Our phone number is 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up, we'll give away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roseland, plus your chance to uh, have a meet and greet and to uh, join him on stage for the final song of the night, which is Nothing But A Good Time. And just coming up as well as Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, Aaron Duran reviewing Wolverine, and uh, today's top five, top five zombie songs. This, however, from Los Angeles. It, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Root. Hello,
4: Jim. How are howdy, you today? Howdy, howdy, howdy,
7: How's uh How's life, my friend? How are my, things?
4: Life's good. It's Friday and... It's going to be a nice day.
7: Well, it is already a nice day because you've joined us here to provide information and merriment to a rabbit audience, Jim.
4: A rabbit audience? Yes. Uh, you know, but in the good way.
7: I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's rabbit in the sort of, sort of pleasant
4: way. Yes, I understand that. Rabbit is always, sometimes pleasant.
7: Hey, so I picked up the newspaper uh, this morning, and I saw this uh, this article that I... It, one of those things where you sort of kind of do a Bugs Bunny, I, I, and you kind of shake your head to make sure that it still is actually the year that you think it is. Yeah. Here in uh, the Northwest, in the Pacific Northwest, we have the... D.B. Cooper case. And the D.B. Cooper case is that thing that about every six months some guy, some woman, some dude somewhere puts himself in front of a TV camera and he says, well now it can be told, my Uncle Ted he was D.B. Cooper and then all of the news organizations go out and they dutifully sort of interview some uh, jackhole talking about how his dad or his uncle or some guy that he used to share a room with back in Tulsa told to him on his deathbed, I'm D.B. Cooper and then he passes it along we all pretend to take it seriously for like an hour, and then and then you kind of clock out. Yeah. Um, you guys have uh, your own version of that, which is the Zodiac Killer in California, and that's what this woman did today, right? Not that she's crazy that we know of, but it seems a bit suspicious.
4: Uh, you know, I, I, listening to her original news conference, yeah, it seems a little wacky. Um, so I have requested a one-on-one with her, and hopefully I'll get that today, because I have some questions I couldn't get in, and... Um, a lot has to do with her state of mind, <laughs> yes,
7: yes, it does, as is always the case with the stories you cover for some reason,
4: and you know um uh, you know why now it's, you know she claims she went on some of these murder sprees with the old man, uh that she had this scrapbook, she couldn't produce it, of course, of course, uh so there 's a whole lot of things I need to know about, and I had to submit those questions to her representative, so I doubt um. I doubt that I'll get them through, but I tried to sugarcoat them as best I could. Really? Is that what you did? You
7: wanted to ask her about her favorite recipes?
4: Yeah, I, I should have. Asked you, oh, I just want to find out, you know. What is your
7: favorite Mariah Carey song? And
4: also, <laughs> why are you lying to us?
7: So what is it that she claims that her dad, when she was, I don't know, however old, would just say, like, who wants to go a killing? And then she'd say, I do. And then they'd all go out, and then she'd just sort of hang out while the dad went and shot somebody in the head?
4: Well, you know, she claims that she even wrote some of those letters that were sent to uh, the Herald Examiner. I mean, the, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Examiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... and she either wrote, she either wrote a letter or helped him write the letters, uh, and and she said it was weird because she was watching America's Most Wanted, saw the composite of the Zodiac killer, did a little research, she says, and discovered that there was evidence the police had that only she knew about, uh, and has determined that the Zodiac killer was her father. So now here, here's the odd thing, is that well. As as if the whole thing isn't odd, but she says her father would explain away the gunshot, saying it was firecrackers, and I could almost I could almost understand that. Um, but at some point, she realized he killed people, but she didn't necessarily know he was the Zodiac because she never heard of that until she saw the American America's Most Wanted. Um, episode two years ago.
7: This seems implausible on like 500 levels already.
4: But still, if you knew your old man killed people, Zodiac <laughs> or Freakiac, why not tell somebody? That seems. How about tell Mom? <laughs> hey, Mom, I think Dad shot some kid in his head.
7: That, that does seem like a thing that you might bring to the attention of, you know, somebody somewhere at some time. I mean, I guess I'd sort of glossed over that part in my head, but that really is uh, the—that is the most basic observation of this whole thing. Is if you think your dad was out uh, gunning people down, like instead of just playing, you know, video poker or something, uh, maybe that's sort of a maybe that's a thing you pass along, you know? It can't be. You want to protect your father? No. It can't
4: be that because the
7: dude's nuts. Yes, yes, he is. Well, I don't think he's the only one in the story that's nuts, uh, Jim. That's (laughs) just my observation.
4: (laughs) anybody with an IQ above room temperature can figure a whole lot out about this story. But still, I want to get her one-on-one and really, I I really want to expose... I mean, maybe... Who knows? Maybe this is true and she's just... A nutcase like your old man was. I don't know.
7: This, you want to do like the uh, you want to be like the Paul Drake and Perry Mason, uh, you know, where you have the uh, the suspect in a room, and at the last moment you're able to you know to get the confession out of them, and then you can charge into the courtroom, uh, and then Mason Berger has to go home and drink himself to sleep again Mason because Berger, Perry screwed him. Dude, nice recall. That's what I do, brother. This, that's that's how I bring it on this show. All right, my friend. Uh, as always, a pleasure. Do you have exciting plans for your weekend? Uh,
4: depends on what happens with this lady today.
7: <laughs> Alright. Well, I suppose that's true. So, you know, so it could be uh, an unbelievably uh, tedious weekend or it could be a restraining order weekend. Who knows?
4: It could be one of those, man.
7: Alright. <laughs> As always, it is uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, have a satisfying Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk to you next week, Thank sir. Thank you
4: very much. There you go. CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop
7: in Los Angeles. All right. When we return, Tim Riley at the news desk, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will join us, and uh, we will endeavor to give away tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. Stay there, it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show, it's Rock 101 KUFO. One of the greatest songs ever recorded. What Reverend Run from Run-DMC called a bunch of hillbilly gibberish.
6: And wasn't Chris Cornell talking about this song yesterday?
7: Uh, he was, well, he was talking about the Aerosmith Run DMC version, mm-hmm. uh, of Walk This Way, produced by Rick Rubin. Uh, yeah, by the way, thank, good segue, Sarah. Yes. Way to hand it off. Uh, you will be able to hear our exclusive interview with Chris Cornell in its entirety, uh, but KUFO.com, I believe, uh, later on today, that'll be uh, posted. Coming up within this hour, uh, before the top of the hour, we'll talk to Peter Carlin from The Oregonian. He's written a Twitter article uh, so we will be the, the you know i'm gonna I twitter can
6: understand what you're saying no no, no. here's a twitter article I,
7: i'm going to send out a twitter update about peter carlin's twitter article that will be discussed here on the rick emerson show that has its own twitter feed uh so that is coming up pair of passes to see brett michaels at the roseland you'll also get meet and greet with uh, with brett if you win these and a chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night nothing but a good Dude, time i would
6: love to meet that guy
7: are you gonna go Oh, you can! I can. Another show you're going to. Well, that plus night.
6: it's going to be my crazy night because it's Lost. It's the it's the episode before the season ah. finale, so I can't miss that. So it's going to be like, so I have to watch Lost. I'm gonna try and find somebody who has an East Coast feed of Lost so I can watch it at like six well, instead of nine.
7: There, I will be there, rocking for two.
6: All right, and I'll be watching Death by Stereo and strung out
7: at the news desk. Ladies, she won't be strung out. That's a man. She's not gonna <laughs> yeah, be a strung out. I'm gonna be at home watching uh, Death by Stereo. And doing heroin. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk.
1: In the news with Tim Riley.
8: So Florida is discussing having hate crimes legislation. Their Congressman, one of them anyway, named Alcee Hastings.
7: Wait, this is a Congressman where, Tim? From Florida. My Florida senator's
6: gone. Uh-huh. Right.
8: You know. Uh huh. Right. Because he doesn't like this hate crimes legislation, he talks about uh, the fetishes that will not be included in this bill if it does pass.
6: A potomophilia.
8: Asphyxophilia, autogynophilia, chorophilia, exhibitionism, fetishism, fraudulism, gerontosexuality, uh, incest, kleptomania, kleismophilia, necrophilia, patrilisia, pedophilia, sexual masochism, sexual sadism, telephone, satologia, tertarism, toucherism transgenderism transsexual transvestite transvestite fetishism urophilia voyeurism
1: and zoophilia
7: what
6: zoophilia <laughs> I, yeah,
7: I, I don't even know where to begin with this but the so
6: transvestites are illegal
7: z- zoophilia is where you uh, where you get off by hearing a bunch of idiots in a room laugh at a guy who's not funny screaming into a microphone while wacky sound effects play in the background <laughs> thank you Ooh so hot uh so first of all i got like a million questions a what also b who is that guy he is Congressman Alcee Hastings of Florida. What kind of accent is that that he's got there? I can't because he's doing a whole lot of stuff there well, together. Florida it's, is a southern state, but it's almost but it see but it doesn't even sound southern as such. It almost sounds like a kind of a a, a Creole accent, you know, like the, the like the, the New Orleans thing. Uh-huh. But then he's like rolling his R's about a third of the way in, and I can't do it. But he starts, but he's he when he, it's when he gets to like da blah, 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 feel Philia, and it, he just kind of rolls that R right out. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that would not be covered under hate crimes legislation? That is correct, yes. Right. By the way... He has uh, a
6: fantastical accent, too. He
7: really mm-hmm. does. Um, it, but there's got to be some master list of what he just said uh, online, so I think we can get a uh, definition of all of that. I know, we I should can. do a... Uh,
2: what the F? What am I
8: doing?
7: Thank you so much. We'll do a, uh, a fetish quiz uh, later on, perhaps. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. So there
8: won't be any surprises. I have the CBS procedures regarding the spine flu.
7: This could save your life.
8: The facilities manager of each CBS building. Who is that here? The facilities manager? Yeah. Maybe we'll give them a battlefield Is that like the bathroom manager? I suppose so. They're responsible for coordination with the cleaning vendor to make sure the vendor has the ability to respond immediately. They, can, they contaminate the area.
7: Really? So it's on the janitorial staff to come in and queen, uh, clean up swine flu? That
8: at the direction of the facilities manager, which we don't know who that is. So uh, we should make that Dave Zinn.
7: All right. Well, he'll be in, uh, well, in the last hour of the show, he'll be in the office. We it should said, call and demand that. know what his here, procedure is.
8: The public areas and the pantries are being set up to have hand swipe sanitizing stations.
7: You know, here's the thing. Any pandemic uh, that can be either stopped, uh, that it can be slowed, uh, that it can be thwarted by something you find in the kitchen pantry isn't a real pandemic.
8: Exactly. So how do we know that this works? I, I don't
7: know, Tim. But I do like the idea that there's something that the World Health Organization is talking about in terms of a scale five emergency that killed 30 million people in 1918. But we are expecting the guy who comes in and who hoses out the dumpster at the end of the day to, uh, to take care of us, to be the, the, the last line of defense between us and immunological failure.
8: Oh, incidentally, we get three extra swine flu days. Are you kidding me? No. Are they called swine flu days? Well, no, but that's exactly what they're implying. And uh, absences of this nature will be treated in accordance of our sick leave slash STD policy. Is that sexually transmitted disease policy? Our STD
7: policy? That's
8: what it says here, sick leave slash STD policy.
7: I'm covered in boils. I'm afraid I won't be able to come in today. I uh, No, that's, uh, that's not the sound of a fishing boat in the background. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, know no, lesions everywhere.
8: And we'll have areas sanitized by a cleaning team.
7: What do you mean we have three additional? Let's get back to this business of having three swine flu days. We do. Is that like a personal day but with more blood? I guess so. It comes under the sick leave slash STD policy. <laughs> is there an ex, is this like a thing you printed out? out so like you can't? Is there like a place I can click to find out more about this? Yes, cbsnu.com. dot com. Put in your password. Is it CBS and You? CBS and You. Right, CBS and You. You have to
8: know your password though, but it's the same thing. That's fantastic. It's the CBS procedures
7: regarding the swine flu. Swine flu days. Those those are the least fun days ever. That's even less fun than lentil days in Pullman. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm going to be staying home. It's swine flu days. No, 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 it's a lot of fun. Everyone's intestines have been liquefied.
8: Well, I'm just stymied by who is going to be sanitizing this and who are the members of the cleaning team.
7: I don't really know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does seem like a a, a less than desirable job, but perhaps that's just uh, my take on the situation. But
8: three extra days.
7: Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will speak with our good friend Peter Carlin from the Oregonian.
8: Northeastern University is asking its 4,500 students to forego the traditional handshake as they collect their diplomas to prevent the spread of the swine flu.
6: Are you kidding me?
7: No way.
8: Well, you want to be alive to pay off those $120,000 student loans.
6: We need to be having a swine flu watch because this is just getting ridiculous. It really is.
8: Good God almighty. Don't shake hands, just nod knowingly. You know, do you think it's, uh, here's the thing. You can't hug your mom though.
7: This is the sort of thing that makes us soft and susceptible to uh, invasion, you know, from, from you know, hordes from the east. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really it. I mean, that's we're all. This is what happened to the Roman Empire. They just became soft and spongy, and they turned into a bunch of weebles riding around in chariots. And the next thing you know, bam, implosion. That's going to happen uh, to us here, Tim. Nobody's immune. As George Carlin once noted, nobody's immune system is getting a workout anymore. This is called a no handshake decision. That's fantastic. Uh, it's 503 228 I just, I weep for this fading republic. 503-228-4101 is our phone uh, number. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to Aaron Duran of Geekinthecity.com. He'll be reviewing Wolverine, oh, which... Comic book, free comic book day tomorrow, too. Does anybody know about that? And also, Ooh. I've developed a staggering inability to say the name of that movie without going Wolverine! That's what everybody's thinking. And then I want to say, Avenge Me! Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will join us as well, plus the top five songs about zombies, ladies and gentlemen... From the Oregonian, with a head full of hate and a heart full of—I don't know—sort of a peanutty, brittle toffee-like filling. It's uh, features God Peter Carlin. Hello, sir.
1: Hey, man. What's, what, you know, you—you you sort of stuck with this whole thing about me being full of nougat or candy of some sort or another for years. Yes. Time to send that one fluttering over the rafters. Is that a
7: thing I should leave behind with the uh, the previous incarnation of this program?
1: Which is um, well, I don't know. I hate to be cranky first thing in the morning, but, you know, uh, it just occurred to me. The other thing that's disconcerting is that with your new phone lines, I can't, like, hear your uh, whatever it is that you're saying the two minutes before I come on. I
7: certainly wasn't implying that you're a cross-dresser, if that's what you're
1: talking about. That I don't would know. Actually, I think you should uh, – that's what you should go with next time. Here's the thing. Um,
7: with a heart full of hate and a, he- and, and a closet full of frilly under that. things. <laughs> 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 and a steamer trunk full of crinoline. Yes. Um. No, we're actually having that taken care of. So we just, for those who don't know, so we, uh, uh, up until, uh, I don't know, about a month, month and a half ago, we did a midday version of this program on our sister station, 970 AM. And we have moved over to the studio and all of our phone lines moved with us. And so there's this whole issue now where the phone that I am using, if you're on hold, you, uh, you know, Greg Nibbler will answer the phone and he'll screen it and put it on hold. And then you're not able to hear anything. And so people kind of go through this thing where they think that they've been hung up on, but really it's just because you can't hear the show on hold. So we are uh, we are endeavoring to take care of that uh, as we speak. So in any event, you know what I failed to do just now, speaking of, of things that didn't function properly – I meant to, about five or six minutes ago, send out an actual Twitter update that you were going to be discussing Twitter here uh, on The Rick Emerson Show, which is graced with its own Twitter feed.
1: Are you? Do you guys really? i got to follow you.
7: Well, here's the thing about that is that Sarah and I have this whole long, uh, sorted history with Twitter, and it's actually not that long. It's only about three weeks.
6: Yes, I think it might no about one five a long Twitters
7: long. With Twitter. No, and, and no one has a long history with it, and no one ever gets a lengthy history with Twitter either, because we, Tim had some story yesterday. Tim, what you say the drop-off rate was after a month? It was like 40% yeah, It's like something? 45%. It has a quick burnout rate. Because, you know, it's like after a while, you just don't really care what color socks Larry King is putting on in the morning. I mean, it's just a... It, and so Sarah is really the canary in the coal mine here in terms of online uh advancement and I'm kind of a gadget guy like if there's a thing that you know, so it clicks or beeps or spins around or whatever, or like, you know, it lights up. That's a thing that I'll be on top of. I'm an, I'm an early adopter of that stuff. But in terms of online uh, things, whether it's Facebook or MySpace, Sarah is always the first person I know who is on board with any of that. And she does this really great thing where whenever something like Twitter emerges, she goes and she kind of locks down uh, Sarah Dillon and Rick Emerson and, you know, whatever, you know, just so they're there in case we want to use them. Mm-hmm. And up until about I think three weeks ago. You
1: would explain your presence on that porn site we were talking about earlier. (laughs) Just kidding. Keep going. I'm sorry. Now I don't even know what we're talking about. Puzzled silence. Sometimes silence on your end. Sometimes
7: lies and truth blend together so seamlessly in my head, I don't even know which way is up. Yes. So about three weeks ago, on the same day, she and I kind of bit the bullet. And I don't even, do you remember, Sarah, why we decided to even do the Twitter thing? Was there a specific story or some reason we wanted to do it?
6: I don't even remember. I don't know.
7: And so we decided to sort of plunge on in, and it, I, I swear to God, it took less than two weeks for me to decide ah, this is a thing I'm I'm completely bored with. Mm. I think the last time I did it was uh, I did it last Sunday when I was stuck at McCarran Airport in Vegas, and I didn't think I was going to be able to make it home via plane. For the show, I thought I was gonna to have to rent a car somehow, like speed home to make it here for the broadcast. And I sent a Twitter about that. And I think that's the that's the that's last. That's my thing. last one too. Yeah. <laughs> so in any event, but you, I know you've been working on a whole uh, piece. This is like a follow up to your Facebook piece of a while back.
1: Yeah, of sorts. Um, uh, exactly right. So my first, I, I signed up for Twitter like I don't know a few months ago, and my first like, I would Twitter, I would tweet, as they say uh... and let's talk about the nomenclature of twitter and why that's a problem but um uh... and i would like every ten days or something and i would send out another thing that said essentially the message for the first dozen or so things i sent out was i hate twitter i don't understand like what the point of this is Um but lately as i i did some research on it this week and spent a little more time on it and and subscribe to more um people's uh, whatever it is like tweets or whatever this is going to be a fantastic article i can already sense the <laughs> no, depth really of cool the I'll tell you why i'll tell you why it's cool it's conceptually cool because i've written the entire the entire thing is a series of tweet length uh, entries it's an entire article of statements and paragraphs that are 140 characters or less here's it's the
7: thing days. you know most articles are, are a series of statements or paragraphs i
1: think Yes, but a few of them are 140 characters or less. Right. Well, that's a fair point.
7: Do you find uh, the, the word tweet to be embarrassing? Because exactly I have to say, right. I exactly have actually right. never once used that. I will always say I sent a Twitter or sent, a, uh, sent
1: an update. But you see, that's part of the problem. I think there's a huge conceptual problem, even though my appreciation for uh, the service, or whatever you call it, has increased a bit, and my interest in it has increased in the last few days. Um, uh, the one thing that's really, really hard to get by is the fact that that first of all, their whole uh, reasoning for calling it Twitter in the first place just is anger because they, they're comparing people to flocks of birds sitting in a tree, you know, twittering at one another. Like birds, you know, bah, there's worms down there! Bah! Like that, that's, that's what they're, that's essentially the, the thing... And then the idea that, like, you send out something, and theoretically it's important enough for other people to read, and they're calling it – and it's supposedly called a tweet, and you're supposed to refer to it as a tweet. I saw your tweet on the Supreme Court opening. That just doesn't follow for me.
7: And I don't think you should use the phrase, I saw your tweet and the word opening in the same sentence.
1: Saw your tweet. Yeah, I know it's, it's ridiculous. Then you then then you listen to the fellow who's like the face, like one of the creators of the service, uh, Biz. Uh, now I'm forgetting his last name because it's that early in the morning. I'm I'm sorry. I want to say Biz Markey, but that's a, a rapper or something, isn't it? Um, uh, let's anyway. But the fellow Biz, who's who's the co-creator, who goes off around talking about this. One of his riffs is that like, well. You know, we're, people ask him, like, well, what's your business model? And, and he starts jammer, yammering on about the difference between profit and value. And now we're working on the value of the service. And so it seems like you are disproportionately angry uh, about uh, Twitter, Peter Carlson. I'm not angry now. about it, but I, well, here, here's the thing. I'll tell you what is it. I mean, the thing itself, I mean, I guess let's take it for granted that these are hardworking young Americans who yes. are trying to create something and et cetera, et cetera. So there's no reason to hate them, even even if what they've come up with isn't necessarily useful or as useful as they say, but what is anger-fying is, like, you turn on CNN, and they have, like, essentially commanded, it seems, all of their on-air talent to talk about Twitter constantly as though it were, like, this new crucial thing that everyone needs you know. to know about. And so I saw one woman on, on um, interviewing one of Obama's top finance guys, like, literally on the lawn behind the <laughs> White House, steps away from his office and, you know, and, and his role in, in undoing the, the economic collapse. And as they get to the end of the interview, she blurts out, do you Twitter? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I hope not. You know, I have to say that the,
7: it would the, it would be very unpleasant to work for some sort of a broadcasting corporation that demanded that everybody start Twittering because it was the hot new way to reach uh, desirable demographics. Mm. I can't imagine what it would be like to work for some sort of an entity that commanded you at every moment with uh, seemingly endless piles of memoranda that you are to monetize this exciting new ancillary revenue stream so that we can augment our existing business model. Working at a place like that would just be an exercise in frustration.
1: What? The other thing you talk about in showbiz, I learned this in the TV industry, is that they will say with a straight face and, and as though it were a good thing, we're trying to figure out how to exploit this. We need to exploit Twitter.
7: Uh, what we're trying to do is to, uh, enslave and then abuse, uh, this technology. So,
1: uh. Audiences love children, so we want to figure out a way to exploit children. <laughs> I mean, they literally will say things like that.
7: Excellent. Peter Carlin, uh, from The Oregonian, uh, when is the piece on Twitter coming out, sir? Tomorrow. All right, my friend. As always, a joy, uh, and, uh, by joy, I mean thing. All right. I just failed there at the end. All right. Thank you, Peter. Have a good weekend, Peter. Thank you. You All too. Right. There you go. That's Peter Carlin, cross-dresser. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. He's the Uncle Buck of CBS Radio. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO 503 228 4101 is our phone number. 503 228 4101 coming up in this hour. i am talking to Aaron Duran of geekinthecity.com. He'll review Wolverine. All right, that's the last time I'm doing that. i got to stop there. Right. Thank you. Brett Michaels tickets we will be uh, giving away as well. Now I'm doing that Bobby Hill thing. It's the cool new way they talk in Arizona. Also, Brett Michaels tickets I'll be giving away. You'll get such a thrill. Uh you'll uh, have a meet-and-greet opportunity as well as a chance to sing on stage with him for the final song of uh, that night's show, which will be nothing but a good time, as uh, made famous on the Open Up and Say Ah" album, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Friday.
8: And by the way, King of the Hill celebrates its 250th episode
7: this Sunday. Now, how is that possible? I thought they canceled that show. That's what it says. Okay, they, well, you know, they might have canceled it, but it's still... It's still running because animation gets done so far out. They do it like nine months in advance. Two hundred and fiftieth, really? Yeah. When is the last time anybody here sat and watched King of the Hill?
6: Wow, about three years ago. Yeah.
7: Here's the Me thing too. about that show. Here's the deal with King of the Hill. Well, is. you this. always know it's going to be there. That's the thing. You always know it's going to be there. And the and the deal with King of the Hill is, it's not appointment television. At the, you know, at this juncture for most people. I mean, when it first came on, I would watch it every single week because it was just I thought it was fantastic. And then you kind of drift away from it, but you go back to King of the Hill every now and again when either A, you just happen to catch it, or on a whim, you'll do that thing of setting the TiVo to just record it just like all the time. And then you'll binge on it, you'll watch like eight or nine episodes in a row, and then that holds you for a while. But it's solid. That's the thing about King of the Hill. It is a solid, dependable, reliable, always funny sitcom. And it is probably the best family sitcom in my opinion, of the last 15 years. I mean, it happens to be animated, but it is essentially just a a basic uh, family formula sitcom, which is exceptionally well done.
8: The red carpet is stolen from the Salem Film Festival. Call him again, Sam. The Oregonian says Sam Adams called Bull Love 33 times when he was still 17 and made a very special happy birthday call when he was 18. Okay. A burglar steals jelly beans from a Pennsylvania home. And two private contractors directed the CIA's waterboarding, and they were paid a thousand dollars a day.
7: Did you see those guys on the news? I have a, I have a clip from them. Come really? Up. All right. One of the guys looks like Rudy from Survivor, or something. And he just... and he, I have to say, uh, those two guys. And I guess we'll hear some audio from this coming up. These are the two guys that sat down. I like it. They were paid a thousand dollars today to figure out that, that you ought to just jab a guy's junk with jumper cables until he until he talks and tells you what you want to know. That doesn't really seem like it's a Mensa level analysis or anything. I don't know. Uh,
4: what
7: what if we uh, jam a sharp stick up his nose for a while? You think that'd work? That's great. That'll be fifty five thousand dollars. And they asked the one guy, the guy who kind of he he, al- he also sort of looks like um he looks a little bit like uh, Gunnar Hansen who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They ask him, he's like coming out of his house or his business or something, and they're like, hey, uh, so what about all this torture you designed? And he's just like, I can't talk. My lawyer won't let me. And you take one look at that guy, and he just seems like every macho jackass. That, And it was no surprise to you, me, you, by the way. You mean this guy?
4: I have a non-disclosure agreement yeah. that will not allow me to comment. Exactly. I can't answer any of your questions.
7: And he—it was no surprise to me that those guys live in Spokane, because if you live in Spokane or anywhere near Idaho, you see those guys all the time. And uh, you know they are sort of—they're the guy that uh, they sit around in bars and they wait for women to be within earshot, and they go, "Well, yeah, I had to—you know—I had some uh, some difficulty over Nam. I don't like to talk about it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a uh, kind of a killer be killed situation, and a man's got to do what a man's got to do. You know, I, I drink a lot." And, uh, you know, but uh, I do the same. And, uh, you know, I don't regret throwing myself in that grenade for Johnny. I just wish he'd been able to make it back home. And that's exactly it. And then, you know, and then you realize that really the guy just sells like floor tile for a living. So that's what I thought when I saw those guys. We'll have more audio uh, from them later on, as well as uh, Brett Michaels tickets, ladies and gentlemen, and Kelly Clark uh, from the Willamette Week will be joining us as well. Let us now greet on the Rick Emerson radio show. From geekinthecity.com, our good friend Aaron Duran joining us here. Hello, sir. Hello. Hey, so I don't think we ever mentioned, by the way, real quickly, uh, on your right forearm, yes. you have a new tattoo, which is, this is Latin, and it is, I don't know how you pronounce it Latin, but it's that who watches the Watchman thing. Yep. Uh, and it's in the big-ass letters. Oh, yeah, it's, right it's there huge, I man.
3: Yeah, it's the big old Latin um, uh, the Latin like phrase it. for who watches the watchman.
7: So now is this a thing you got? Is this one of those, uh, preemptive tattoos to guarantee that you will never get like a, a bad cubicle job somewhere like selling insurance?
3: Uh, yeah, this was it. Uh, this was, um, well, I hadn't planned it with getting laid off, but, uh, it worked out just perfectly for it. So now in your This downtime. guarantees I will never, ever get one of those jobs again.
7: So when you go in the interview with, the uh, you know, like, uh, the Bob's actuarial heaven or something, uh, yeah. he's going to look at that tattoo and go, Ooh, no, you're not right for us. Yeah, pretty much. Fantastic. So I have uh, three syllables, one word. Uh, Wolverine. Yeah. You said it
6: without doing that thing.
7: I, well, Rick Emerson keeps his mouth. Avenge vowels. me! <laughs> Thank you. Well done. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, here's the thing about Wolverine. I should say first and foremost, like full disclosure... I he's, didn't... He's the best at what he does, but what he does ain't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, I don't know if you're doing Wolverine or if you're doing the stupid the torture no, that's guy. Wh- that's
3: one of Wolverines. I'm the best at what I do, but what I do ain't pretty. You know, sometimes things have got to be done. Hey, and folks, just because they're ugly doesn't mean they're not real.
7: I don't even know if that's a real... Line. I'm just making that up it on the fly. Sounds good to me. Like you want to some... write Wolverine too? <laughs> it seems like probably... Uh, it seems like a, an autistic five-year-old could write Wolverine too. Schnicked. Because all... All I saw of the trailer, and I'm going to be honest, I, all I know about, and I have no problem judging this book by its cover, I saw the trailer for Wolverine, and I should say, first and foremost, I didn't really care for the X-Men films. It just seemed, it's not that I'm opposed to action films, I'm not opposed to superhero films, I'm not opposed to big dumb fun and explosions and things going like pow, Yeah, but they were just loud and noisy and impersonal and seemed very much like they were made by somebody who just had no like vested interest in in the movie at all. I mean, it felt kind of like when I was watching Transformers. You know, there's it was, it was somebody who didn't really have any, like, depth or knowledge of, like, how to tell a story. And so they would just occasionally, you got the feeling there was some sort of a CGI shot clock. <laughs> and about every six minutes, something huge would come on the screen and go, blah! Eye beams! And then, and then they would have to attack it, and then it would blow up. Yeah. I want to like Hugh Jackman, because he seems like a good guy. I like him. He's charismatic. He can act occasionally. But the movie Wolverine seems terrible. Is
3: it, in fact, terrible? Absolutely.
5: Fantastic.
3: It is as terrible as Fox was worried that it would be. (laughs) And you remember about a month ago that leaked Wolverine? the The film got leaked, and Fox was just, which I still believe was an inside job. Fox knew they had a stinker on their hands. So they released, you know, they allowed the leak to happen. So when the box office is terrible, they can say, "No, no, online piracy." Oh. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so they have. I so- like
6: your conspiracy theory. Thank
3: you. But see,
7: that's actually kind of plausible to me mm-hmm. because there is so much, uh there was so much controversy about that. Well, they fired. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Tom. I always want to say Tom. Well, Fox, uh, a movie critic, right? They fired a guy. He
3: he wrote for. And, of course, he loved it. It was fantastic.
7: It wasn't the New York Times, but yeah, it was was like the Washington Times or something like that. And he was employed by... It was one of Murdoch's papers, Rupert Murdoch. He was employed by News Corp. Yeah. He reviewed a leaked copy, and he he had... This guy had the brains to say, in the beginning, I'm downloading this illegal copy of the movie right now. I'll be reviewing it soon. All right, now I'm reviewing this illegal copy. And they, like, pulled him in. They're like, no, grab your crap uh, and get out. But I loved your movie. So... He reviewed this work print, and I hadn't really thought about the fact that it's so bad, apparently, that they would then have this boogeyman to blame for it if it yeah. takes.
3: And here's the other thing is that Fox has then, you know, once they kind of got, you know, burned on the leak footage, they said, well, no, no, you don't understand it. That that, the reason why we are so upset is because that is, a, that is a print from almost six months ago. We have done so many reshoots, and we have done so much quality testing in Wolverine that our theatrical film is not what is downloaded, so do not judge it same damn movie really yeah exactly okay. exactly well not exactly because um in an effort to get more people to go to the film uh clue style wolverine has multiple endings no the really on which theater you go to there's <laughs> one of them uh, does oh, so t- it doesn't
6: show all three of them it no. just depends on no
7: no
3: it's not like the clue dvd so one of it's them like doesn't, doesn't have tim
7: curry film. sort of uh, running out with a candlestick or something
3: <laughs> no not at all good god
7: almighty all right, so Wolverine, apparently awful.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it's only redeeming quality is uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, but he doesn't get nearly enough screen time. Here's the thing about Ryan Reynolds. He's this- hot. Ryan Reynolds, I was just watching, um, there
7: is that. I was watching Role Models the other day, uh, which I hadn't seen before in Panic, actually. Uh, and, uh, That's actually a pretty I funny go. movie. Role Models is fantastic. I didn't know what to expect. I just sort of missed it when it was, and it wasn't like I avoided it. I just blinked and it was kind of gone.
3: Uh, everybody missed
7: it. And, you know, uh, and what's his name? Uh, uh, Paul Rudd. He's very much the new Ben Affleck. In fact, they actually make references. The kid who kind of gives him crap about, you know, shut your mouth, Ben Affleck. Um <laughs> So he is kind of a Ben Affleck. Ryan Reynolds seems to me uh, like a more of a, uh, he's a somewhat more scrubbed and polished Jason Lee. He has very much of a Jason uh, yeah. Lee vibe going on. So I'll kind of watch anything that guy is in just because I, cause I find it to be
3: hilarious. Now so. I'm just imagining Paul Rudd in uh, Phantoms 2. <laughs> it would also be the bomb, yo. All yeah. right, uh, straight ahead, we will have sound from Wolverine. Uh, this terrible movie. All right,
7: you'll hear, yes, you'll hear the ugly firsthand. So we'll have uh, some audio from Wolverine, and we'll find out what else is happening at geekinthecity.com when we return. Plus, Brett Michaels tickets this hour and Tim Riley at the news desk. This is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
5: The
2: Rick Emerson Show returns. What a catastrophe! This is Rock 101 KUFO.
7: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO, 503-228-4101. It's our phone number coming up in the next hour. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Oh, and here's the thing. We didn't even get a chance to mention this earlier. So obsessed were we by uh, Kirstie Alley going bonkers on Oprah and... Grown, and Blazer Madness. Grown men weeping in the front of the Oregonian sports section. <laughs> Evil left. Oh. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to mention the fact that Sarah and I cleaned out... The studio that this show used to be in. So up until, oh, yes, um, we did. up until a couple of weeks ago, with this show, our show was broadcasting from a studio that was down the hall in a studio where we've been for a couple of years. We used to do a, a midday show on our sister station on, on 970 a.m. And so we had remained in that studio up until last week. And then we kind of moved into here. So we decided, well, you know, the studio is going to be made into a production room, or whatever. So we're going to go through and we're going to kind of clean all of our stuff. So it was three years worth of of just things and, Crap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and tchotchkes <laughs> and and gaws and bric-a-brac and knick that had just piled up everywhere in the studio. Three years of a dude's basement. Exactly. I mean, it was like a Spencer's Gifts exploded all over the inside oh, of the recording totally was. studio. That's exactly
8: what And it was. you couldn't see in there like three feet from the floor because it's so dark.
7: And because it was like, yeah, we, I, we said it was like the Charlie Rose set where there was this pool of light in the middle on the countertop, and then everything else was just a sea of blackness. So it took us about two hours probably to get everything cleaned out, and we were just covered in just funk and filth and just radio station ick. And there ain't no grime like radio station grime. Um, But so we found... I mean, I can't even really talk about it here, so it's almost unfair to bring it up. But we found the most fascinating thing lurking uh, in the corner of the studio. So I apologize uh, for that shameless tease, but we'll talk yes. about that here in a bit. Yes, yes, yes. We are joined by Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. So we were talking about Wolverine, which is apparently awful. It is terrible. Do not go see it. Is it bad enough to be enjoyable?
3: No.
6: <laughs> is, it, is it beer theater?
3: Um, yeah, maybe go see it with a bunch of friends at the beer theater. Just, just, and just to see the unintentional homoeroticism of uh Lee schreiber uh just you know constantly obsessed over hugh jackman well i oh look at sarah's eyes oh i thought you there. were gonna
6: say ryan reynolds i'm like ooh, color I, me I there
3: i remember oh, no, seeing the poster yeah, in, the, no. in the theater lobby which was very much uh, where he's checking out his ass like that so
7: tim exactly that's exactly what I'm where, is, yeah. it, where it looks like some weird version it, it is it's like playgirl meets the twilight
3: uh, cover but it's but it's like him looking at Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah, I mean, so, that's why we know why Sabretooth hates Wolverine for so long. Because apparently after storming Normandy, which you see in the movie, it was like, I don't know how to quit you, Wolverine. It's the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Tim Riley has sound from
7: Wolverine. Yes, I do. All right, so what are we about to hear, Tim?
8: A, cl- a sound clip. Whoa,
7: whoa, whoa! Put the cat dragged
1: in. Don't worry, we'll stop him. We just
4: spent half a billion dollars making him
1: indestructible. The young mutant you've been looking for? What is happening in this I sound by these This is the only piece of
7: this
3: puzzle. one scene sure. or a, a montage? Down. They give you guys the trailer. You all got a choice, son.
6: How about visuals? Nine this nine amazing. Oh. No
7: this is really selling on. me on the film, I... Wow, I like that part that where the cool. violins play. That was really <laughs> gripping. That's wonderful. That is a bad movie. Wow. <laughs> all right. All that's missing there is the obligatory uh, moment where the music stops down for a second. It takes a rest, and a guy looks at the camera and he says, "My God!" And then something it blows up, and then it's this summer only one blank can blank a blank blank three. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's kind of the, the pattern that they all follow. That's excellent.
8: Well, here's some some good movie news. Senator John McCain is going to host AMC's event Memorial Day. He's going to be hosting Patton, Battle of the Bulge, and Midway.
7: I will totally watch that. I will completely watch John McCain. John McCain, he had that Bob Dole thing happen where the instant he was no longer running for anything, he, it's like he turned back into himself again. Yeah. Well, was, all yes, his consultants told, went away. Well, that's you're right. He became some sort of weird political <gasps> hulk where he was just sort of stomping around and angry all the time. But then as soon as the campaign was over... It's like Bob Dole turned into like a charming guy again once he wasn't running for president. Well, so it's, it's like with McCain.
8: they give him Sarah Palin, and it's like, are you kidding me?
3: I mean, <laughs> seriously? Well, just the hate in his eyes every time he looked at. I was like, I could just throttle you. I have
8: some uh, Sarah Palin cuts too. No. Fantastic. Yes. I don't, I have so much stuff. I don't know Well, We're let's do this. I Star want McCain
7: Trek. to do a commentary of those movies. Let's do this. Let's, uh, we have a little bit of Star Trek sound yes. to do here. We'll talk about that. We'll find out what's happening at Geek in the City. Uh, then we'll get caught up and around the corner we'll hear from uh, our good friend Sarah Palin. So, uh, what have we from Star Trek, Tim?
8: Uh, we have Chris Payne almost turning down the role of Captain Kirk. Is it true that you almost passed on this movie?
4: I did. It was, it, the, the week, it was like the best week of my life. I got offered this and I got offered this movie with Joe Carnahan and, um, uh, a sequel to, to L.A. Confidential called White Jazz. George Clooney, right? George Clooney was in it.
3: And, um, you know, for someone whose resume was about, you know, that big to have those two big opportunities kind of thrown in your lap. And, you know, most of my career has been uh, laser focused on working. So then to have the luxury of
4: choice was even actually more difficult than I ever expected.
7: You got to give it up to that guy, though, for taking the role of Kirk, because that's that's a thing that if it goes poorly, you are, you are so toast. That was a risk. Yeah. I mean, you could have
6: done a George Clooney movie.
7: Exactly. And you, because you're playing a guy, I mean, you're playing a character that is iconic. Who has been portrayed, you know, for the last 40 years by a guy who is iconic, <laughs> but who is also really corny. Yeah. And so if that turns sour on you, that's enough to... Th- I mean, that'll put a taint on your career for like five, six, years. So, I mean... all right.
8: And J.J. Abrams explains why William Shatner couldn't be in this movie.
3: I, he, I think, you know, he was interested in being in this movie, but because his character died in one of the movies on screen, any version of making him alive again felt like this gimmick to bring Mr. Shatner on, onto this movie, which we would have loved to do, but, you know, we want it also to be true to the story that, uh, you know, the, the, the backstory of Star Trek. Also, he's a Canadian boob who has the acting chops of a couch. As I say, I think we all know the real reason why Abrams couldn't have Shatner. Look, I love Shatner, but, you know. Well, the,
7: the thing about Shatner is, is it is almost this inverse proportionality thing where as Shatner's star has risen and he has become more and more famous over the years, the the value of the Star Trek franchise in many ways has gone down because Shatner's whole career at this point is like an inverted pyramid yeah. that all rests upon the kitsch factor of Star Trek. And so, you know what it is? It's almost like, it, it is like, um, it's like Star Trek is the portrait of Dorian Gray. And it was an <laughs> addict just slowly becoming uglier and uglier as Shatner was just kind of going and sucking out its life force to become famous. Give me another Emmy. Exactly. That's, you know, very much so.
8: Uh, Margaret Cho make that John Cho is in Sulu and he gets pointers from the old Sulu
0: I'd known George a little bit but uh, hadn't really ever gotten a chance to stand out and talk with him so I wrote, wrote him a letter after I got the role and um, uh asked him if we could get together and we did and uh, I was a little nervous and you know he kind of um, he kind of made me feel good going forward relaxed me a little bit told me I was going to be just fine and that meant a lot to me because he didn't he just didn't have to be that nice, you know what I mean? Well, George
7: Sakai just seems so balanced and just mellow with the whole thing at this point, yeah. like way more than any of the other guys. Why
6: do I have an angry soundbite in my head of him saying, don't call me Sulu? I because they- he
7: says that in interviews. If you call him Sulu, don't call me Sulu. <laughs> Wait, but it's, and I think it's one of those things that in our retelling of that soundbite, like we've sort of made it snarkier than it is. Not unlike how James Vanderbeek's uh I don't want your life in, in Varsity Blues. <laughs> uh-huh. Really, when you watch it, it's just like, I don't want your life. And but we we just sort of painted it and painted it and painted it to become bigger and broader. So but but Takai just seems so like mellow and zen with the whole thing, yeah. way more so than Shatner, who it, you know obviously again he's just it just becomes sort of a clown with the whole thing. And Nimoy, who actively
3: rebelled against it, and then what's his name, yeah. Did James
7: Doan, who was just sat around just drunk and oh, angry God, all the he time. I hated Shatner, just just hated him so all. much. All right.
3: Well, like he wouldn't even do the Futurama episode. where they yeah because they, because he just I
7: don't, don't want to be in the same the, yeah. the cartoonist just, William Shatner just despised Pastor. him.
3: What is going on at, at GeekInTheCity.com? At GeekInTheCity.com right now, uh, we are uh, promoting and talking about all things uh, Free Comic Book Day, which is tomorrow. At all comic book stores, I'm sorry. Wait, so <laughs> all I comic got book I total brain lock I yeah, know, I didn't. No, all comic book stores in Portland? Yeah, all local comic book stores in Portland. Free Comic Book Day is an industry, nationwide industry event. Uh, all the comic book companies uh, send out free comic books to try to get people into comics, bring new people in. Uh, a lot of times, it's kind of just reprinted stories. But uh, like Dark Horse, they are relaunching their Aliens and Predator line, and they are doing it with two new original comics that you can get for free tomorrow at any local comic book shop. So it's really cool. Um, IDW Press is releasing the first issue of the Star Trek Countdown, which is the lead-in to the movie. And even as a standalone movie tie-in comic, it's actually a really good story. It's so. uh, it's, it's like cool. Free Cone Day, but with uh,
7: spandex-covered
3: boots. So do
6: you have to buy comics in order no, to get free No, you comics? can just show up, and they will
3: have no just... Way. Yeah, and you Yeah, you can just show up, you can get a... <laughs> stack of comics, and in Portland, since so many professionals live here, most stores are also going to have signings of comic book artists and writers, so it's very, very so cool. So they
8: seducing comics out like Little Lulu from 1970 Little
7: Lulu. I mean, do you have Baby Huey number seven n- with the gold uh, cover? I don't want the regular cover. I want the trade. I want the gold cover. I want the die-cut foil embossed. <laughs> <laughs> and that Beagle Boys annual. Find me that, won't you please? <laughs> Little Lulu for the win. And Hot Stuff. Where are your line of Hot Stuff comics? All right. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Thank you. All right. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with Tim Riley at the news desk and Brett Michaels tickets. Don't go anywhere. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. The song is awesome. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't go anywhere.
2: Pick up the phone and call 1-800-344-KUFO.
4: And I was going to tell them they could also rob them and stick them in their coin. This
2: is the Rick
7: Emerson Show. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Friday. That means tonight is Lebowski Night. So that is tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It happens at the Baghdad, but it doesn't start at the Baghdad. You must march in the March of the Lebowskis. Tonight, to get into Court and the Fat Boys' a Midnight Movie, which is the Big Lebowski happening tonight at the Baghdad Theater, you can find out details at KUFO.com. You're listening to Court and Fat Boy this afternoon, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Must march. And this is, here's the great thing about it. If you look at the dry erase board in the studio, which is where we sort of keep details of various things written down so we kind of know what we're talking about, it actually just says, Must march. Wear bathrobe. So, uh, Og film on screen, magical flickering box, allow see dead relatives. Anyway, so be listening for details. Court and Fatboy this afternoon or com At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Swine strike
8: 2009. A recorded case of the swine flu has closed the campus of Western Oregon University at least until Monday. They also say a County woman probably contacted this from an ill person in Mexico. Once again, these haven't been verified yet. Has Lou Dobbs been
7: made aware of the Mexico connection,
8: Tim? No, these, these two are going to be put in a test tube and uh,
7: sent to a laboratory. I demand to know what Lou Dobbs and his angrily clanking teeth think about this. Clank, clank. I got two things to say. One, uh, is, there, is there a shot or something for, the, for the, the pig flu? I forget.
6: I thought there was. Not yet. Wait There's no treatment so they can test for it, but they can't treat it?
7: What were they telling you to get in 1976, that PSA we played yesterday? I know. Why don't they bring back that old flu serum? They don't, I guess they don't have any left. They've used it all. Anyway, I was just going to say this. If, <laughs> if there was some sort of a vaccine or uh, an inoculation that one could get uh, for, for the swine flu, I guess you could say... Uh, no, there, there are two kinds of serums that can be used. What is, what is a serum? A serum always sounds like that thing that that Peter Parker... Is uh, you know is working on something when the spider bites him. Anyway, but but it, like if if you were supposed to eat, like if you were going to go get a, sh- a shot to prevent this swine flu. Yeah, they got two different kinds. Then you would call it. <laughs> it's a it's a pig and a poke. I like that. A pig and a poke. Yes. A pig and a poke. A oh, large. you. Fine, whatever. Yes. And has the media arrived at any commonly agreed upon name uh, for this whole
8: crisis? I'm calling it so- Swine Strike 2009. Swine. Everybody conceal that from me.
7: Swine Strike. Excellent. Okay. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk.
8: Hey, now you're going to be able to watch Disney movies and ABC shows on the Hulu. That includes Grey's Anatomy Lost, The Wizards of Waverly Place. So that's starting very, very soon.
6: Yay.
7: So watch them all on the Hulu if you can't watch them on the regular TV. I'm unclear about whether Hulu is a CBS property or not. Because I had heard it was owned by NBC.
6: But whenever I go to Hulu, a lot of the shows that I watch will redirect me to CBS.com.
7: that's my thing. So I'm unclear as to who. It might be like a sampling
8: place. Because a lot of times they don't yeah. show the entire shows.
6: Well, and Hulu, I think it's just a host site for a lot of other different sites. Because sometimes it'll shoot you onto another place that has it's a the episode. Yeah. All right, excellent.
7: Here's Tim Riley.
8: On a vote of 31 to 2, the Connecticut State Senate has passed a bill that would ban the transfer of machine guns to anyone under the age of 16.
7: In a, in Why, other- do you ask? In other news, it was legal to give a, a machine gun to, like, a like a nine-year-old. Actually, it was
8: the, an eight-year-old. Really? Who shot himself in the head oh. at, at a machine gun flea market. So, no more of that.
7: A machine gun flea market? Yes. Hey, Mama Joe, get in the truck! We ought to go to the machine gun flea market! Good God Almighty. And get some pemmican! Here's Tim Riley. A
8: Miss California Carrie Prejean joins an organization to protect marriage.
9: I'm just here to protect marriage, and... um. The National Organization for Marriage basically just respects, you know, marriages and people who support it. And that's what I'm here to do today is y- protect traditional marriage.
6: Who is this?
8: Miss California. California. Oh, by the way, Miss California uh, says they paid for her boob implants.
2: Um, it was something that we all spoke about together. And she she wanted it. And, and we,
8: we supported that decision. Did you guys pay for it? Yes, we did. How did that go down? Who you know, brought up breast augmentation?
2: You know, I can't even remember uh, off the top of my head. You know, we're always talking about breasts, and, and so, so it's never. Um, I really, honestly, I don't remember. What's well, breast here? implants in pageants today is not a rarity. It's definitely not uh, taboo. It's very, it's very common. I don't, I don't personally have them, but, but you know they are. So
7: wait a minute, hold on. So is that Miss California
8: right there? No, that is uh, Shannon Mokler. A spokesman for the Miss California organization, Jenna
6: Mokler, is Travis Barker's Travis ex-wife, ex-wife. soon-to-be new wife again, mm-hmm.
7: and so she is saying that somebody paid for Miss California's breast implants. The Miss California organization paid for them. That's interesting, really.
8: Well, it's a California woman; you got to have the breast trans. I mean, you'd be thrown out of state.
7: Oh no, I mean, I understand it's a requirement for living there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, but I and the blonde hair. It's odd that the organization themselves, like, in other words, if she was going to be competing mm-hmm. for the Miss California thing. Uh, doesn't it seem like it'd be easier to just find somebody who already had breast implants as opposed to pay?
8: Wait, was she? I'm, I mean, it's as common as giving them a corsage. Really,
7: <laughs> it's like a boutonniere. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, like a- this would be a boobinier. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, a boob. Can we get a little? Uh, can we get a little uh, wacky morning sound effect there? Oh, I'm sure. we A boobinier. <laughs> All right, that's what you get when you uh, when you visit the Playboy Casino. You go give a shot, boobinier. Here's Tim Riley. Your choice, Sarah Palin or waterboarding. Oh. Wait a minute. Is wh- What do you mean? Is that like what they what told? What about a little bit of both? Oh, I thought you meant that's what they told terrorists. No, I'm going to give you two choices. So we can we either get do. waterboarding or we can have Sarah Palin mm-hmm. come speak with you. I'd
6: kind of like to hear Sarah Palin because you know she's shrill and like bitching about
8: something.
7: I say Sarah Palin. Yes.
8: So she's on this program called American Chopper. And uh, she's talking about life in Alaska. They went up there. And she's talking about snowmobiling. Except she called it snow machining. She was corrected to call it a snowmobile, and she just kept on calling it a snow machine. Are you snowmobile? Oh
2: yeah, yeah. snow machine. Yes.
5: What kind of uh, snowmobile do you? We've
2: got an Arctic Cat. We've got a do couple you? of different kinds, different race machines. I, oh, I do in, you really? I inherit whatever Todd <laughs> rejects from the year prior. That's the your thing. husband's a
1: real, real big <laughs> enthusiast in, in a snowmobile.
2: Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, we love those motorsports.
1: You know, it does
7: seem in an awkward sort of position. I mean, she's here. the best they can get at the moment. I oh. mean, but but doesn't it like a sort of it's a weird in between time for her because it is it's long enough after. I mean, look, as soon as the election was done, regardless of kind of what what side you're on, I think everybody was just finished. They were just done. I mean, there's you know the sort of the fringe on both sides. They just, they well, keep well screeching the about mom
8: finally knocked you out of the limelight, and now they're fighting back and forth.
7: And I think that we have gotten we've gotten far enough from the election that people have sort of they don't want to hear about her anymore or you know, and they don't want to you know it's the same thing with the Democrats. Like it is you know, you don't want to hear Hillary Clinton shrieking or anything. You're just sort of ready to be to be done with it. But it we're not far enough out that we can begin looking at 2012. So we're in this kind of this vacuum state between two political cycles. And Sarah Palin clearly hasn't gotten the memo about that. Mm -hmm. And so she's, but she's fallen into this sort of just behavioral twitch of sticking herself in front of every television camera she can find.
8: So here she is suggesting uh, riding a motorcycle to a fishing hole.
2: Come up in the summertime and let's go fishing. That's another good thing. And ride. Okay, we'll ride the bike to the fishing hole. Okay, we'll
7: do that. I don't want to hear about Sarah Palin's fishing hole. I mean, if it's all the same to you, it's a thing Ew. that I'd rather pass on. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk.
8: So the CIA paid a $1,000 a day to two specialists on waterboarding. The secret is out now, as they all are. According to current and uh, government officials, the CIA's secret waterboarding program was designed and assured to be safe by two well-paid psychologists who were working out of an unmarked office in Spokane.
7: That's really where you this find is- the... So strange. The upper tier of the healthcare system is always found in Spokane, Tim. That's really where the uh, that's where the, uh, the highest crust of our uh, of our social strata lives.
8: So we have uh, Bruce and Jim, former military officers. Together they founded Mitchell Jensen and Associates. Both men declined to speak to ABC News citing non-disclosure agreements with the CIA. And uh, once again here's that clip.
4: I have a non-disclosure agreement that will not allow me to comment. I can't answer any of your questions.
8: So they make good money doing it, boasting of being paid $1,000 a day by the CIA to oversee the use of techniques on top al-Qaeda suspects at CIA secret
7: sites. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I would sort of think that one of the requirements for working for the CIA is that you don't, quote, go around boasting about how you're working for the CIA. What's there to boast about in Spokane? I don't... Re-
6: I can't oh, there actually is CIA oh, in Spokane.
7: Only fifteen. That's fingers. the best place for it. The the biggest post one can hope for in that town is that, like, this you know, that like only nine hands were lost in this year's harvest. I mean, that's kind of the uh, that is really the. Uh that's really the apex of a Spokane achievement. It seems like that ought to be sort of a fight club thing. Like the first 900 rules about the CIA, uh, you don't talk about the CIA. But one look at those guys, and you could just, they just scream jackass, just like everything about them. Well, they're not going to get the key to the city next year. They're not, Tim, behavior, They like won't it. be invited to lentil days in Coeur d'Alene. Here's Tim Riley.
8: Even California's top law enforcement official isn't immune to petty crime. Attorney General Jerry Brown's office said a thief made off last week. With two passenger side wheels from his state owned Toyota Camry, as it was parked outside his Oakland home. Brown wrote about the crime in his new Facebook page, saying, Even though I'm California's top cop, two of my tires were stolen. No matter, I got two new ones and I'm rolling again.
7: Is this Jerry Moonbeam Brown? I believe so, yes. The same, boy, they just, the, the same five guys in that state boy, just swapped drops drops all the time. Things, yes. You know, he had sex with Linda Ronstadt. That's the thing about Jerry Brown. You look at that guy on TV and he just looks like, uh, he just looks like a nebbish. If you look at; me, he just he seems like a guy who ought to be named uh, Norman, and he ought to be working in a hosiery sh- shop somewhere, and he's sort of g- going home and living in a you know a tiny one room apartment and weeping. I mean, he just looks he's like the least alpha guy you can possibly imagine. And then he realized he had carnal knowledge of Linda Ronstadt. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like the present day uh, like Kirstie Alley looking. Sort of doughy Linda Ronstadt. I mean, like... When she was young and desirable. That's... I'm talking about uh, in hot pants on roller skates singing You're No Good, Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> I'm sorry?
8: That's the intro for that song. One more time, please. You can talk it up if you
7: want. Hey, it's Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> you're no good, but this song is... <laughs> it's the Rick Everson Show with Rock 1-1, Giga of oh. You walked into the... All right. I'm sorry. I should have done it. Uh, we didn't do a time I'll let, check. I'll let there, you hit the of, Now we've I've let everybody down. I should have said the temperature too. All right, let's do a, one more here, and then we will endeavor to give away a pair of Brett Michaels tickets.
5: Let's oh,
8: those crazy kids. An Atlanta, Georgia seventh grader who wore a mask to school and refused to remove it was sent home. A spokesman for the school system said the mask created a disturbance at Cousin's Middle School and generated rumors that the boy had the swine flu. Like
7: everything. Oh my Does everything God! Everything
6: have to do with the No, no, no,
7: fluke? no. It's, uh, I'm just right now. I've got a little bit of breaking news. Tim, do you have this uh, uh, this news about Willamina? I do not. All right. Then Willamina. Everything to I me. I lived in Willamina. Everything today sounds like something that a hillbilly would be shrieking at one of their kids from a porch. For like, Willamina, don't you put that in your mouth? I lived in a farmhouse on 15 acres in Willamina. Really? Yeah, when I first moved here. Did you grow something on the 15 acres, or were they merely decorative? Uh, just weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm growing some of that dust. Uh, hey Greg Nibbler, uh, production assistant extraordinaire. Would you come into the studio for a moment, please? Oh, what's going on? Well, I'm gonna have him. There's a little bit of breaking news, but I'm gonna make sure I, I don't, don't get know it. About it. I this uh I want to make sure that we uh, get it straight from Greg. I think he heard it from a caller. Uh, so Greg is gonna come. He's gonna convey something now. We don't know that this is true. This is something that we have been told. This was passed along uh to Greg on the uh on the telephone. Uh, let's see here. Where's my uh. Hold on a second, I can find my breaking, my breaking... I removed my breaking news sounder so I could uh, play this uh, Brett Michaels uh, thing, and that was uh, clearly a mistake on my
6: part. That was ill advice.
7: Hold on, where's my mutual... to play something? Where's my mutual sounder? Oh, I've got it. <laughs> news from Nibbler. All right, well, this is... Uh, let's see, am I on here? Yes. This is unfounded. Now, we don't know that this is true. This is something a listener uh, said. This is
3: something that was passed along to me, but a listener just said he was driving to pick up his daughter from school in the Willamines School District which is now closed because of a case of swine flu. Again, unverified, but listener said
7: News from Nibbler. Well, uh, mine
8: is an amazing place. It's full of trucks that say mobile slaughtering going down the road.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, hence the swine flu, I suppose. And, and,
8: and you, you wrote the videos, which are all Rambo titles, at the supermarket
7: downtown. That's fantastic. And is that what it's all where the products are Western family. <laughs> And you go to the Seven Eleven, and there's a guy selling. Uh, there's like, no Seven Eleven in Willamette. But I mean, there, but there's like a, there's like a general, like a general mart or whatever. Yes. And you go to the front, and it's just nothing but roll your own and like bow and arrow sets mm-hmm. right, right next to the ephedrine tablets. So I'm told. All right. It is five zero three two 503-228-4101. zero one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, going to endeavor to give away a pair of passes for you to see Brad Michaels at the Roseland Comes with meet and greet and uh, also your chance to perform on stage with him. Be caller number 10 right now and know the answer to this. And I don't mean sort of like, I'm not putting that in quotes like I apparently did the last like three days, where when I said know the answer, I mean make something up that is unbelievably wrong and it brings shame upon you and your whole lineage. I mean, actually know the answer. It is 503-228-4101. Be caller number 10 and be able to tell me what video by the band Poison gave us this soundbite.
2: Hey guys,
4: how you doing? Uh, yo, you
2: Hey guys, can you take care of that? we got to rehearse this. Well, are we going to dance or are we going to
7: play? Ladies and gentlemen, once again, what poison video gave us this sound?
2: Well, are we going to dance or are we going to
7: play? Caller 10 at 503 228 4101. That is straight ahead, as well as Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Tim Riley with more news. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
2: The Rick Emerson Show
7: returns. Oh, yeah. No, she's... Uh, no, yeah. No. Daddy Daddy likes her. Ew. This is
2: Rock 101 KUFO.
7: It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It's 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll go to the phones and see who wins the Brett Michaels tickets or not, as the case may be. Here's the best thing about uh, when I give those Brett Michaels tickets away or not, as the case may be. When it's not... The next 15 people who call all know the answer all the time, every one of them. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we go uh, to Tim Riley with breaking news right here on the Rick Emerson Show. Breaking news I am confirming
8: that all Willamina schools are closed due to the swine flu scare. Once again, I have just called the Willamina School District Office and they confirm all Willamina schools are closed. Due to the fly, the swine flu scare. So that's Willamina, their entire school district. All kids stay home now. That isn't very far from Monmouth. And uh, there was a closure there too at Western Oregon University until Monday for another fly. Uh, and then we have 13 flu cases being suspected in Washington State at the same time. And there was also another suspected case in Multnomah County. So once again, all Willamina schools are closed.
7: And that's all we know at the moment. All right, and so Willamina uh, is is where it's a
8: picturesque community <laughs> situated between Sheridan and Spirit Mountain Casino.
7: It's a charming little hamlet. It is. All right, it is. I all, live there myself. It is on the way to Spirit Mountain Casino. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. So that's so uh, if you're going to be if if you're going on Highway 18, you take the Sheridan
8: Willamina business route if you want to go there.
7: And this is the, you take the uh, you take uh, you take the businessman's uh, economy uh, yes. uh, path. All right, so there you go. So if you are headed that way. I don't know. I mean, hold your breath or something or clo- duct tape all the vents in your car. Shut. Or
6: Just, you know, don't gamble for a weekend,
7: you know, or maybe just, uh, you know, maybe uh, don't be uh, don't be a weakling about it. Mm-hmm. could do that as well. All right. So uh, all Willamina schools are now uh, are now closed. So if you are in that part of the state, mm-hmm. then, uh, you are uh, you are not uh, you, you are not going to school. So and that is also in Monmouth where they closed what? Monmouth, uh, Western Oregon University was closed. Alright. So, uh, more Until de- Monday. More details on that as it unfolds. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, without further ado, we will do this. Go to the... Phone's here. All right. okay. Hello, you are on the Rick Emerson radio show, endeavoring to win a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels. Sir, madam, as the case may be, can you tell us from what video this soundbite is derived? Or are we uh, play? Oh, God. Let me just wait 40 seconds for the. Hello, hi? I'm here. Turn your radio up as loud as it will go, please. I won't do that. All I'll right, thanks not. so much. All right. Uh, sir, can you identify the poison video from which this soundbite is drawn? What, are we
2: going
7: to dance or are we going to play? Can you identify that soundbite, sir?
1: Okay, is it from Poison Arrow?
7: No. No, it is not. But thank right. you so
1: much. I thank appreciate you. it. Nope, I feel.
7: All right, thank you. All right, uh, let's see. You can hear that again in 40 seconds on the radio that you left turned up in the background. Thanks so much for playing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who might you be, sir or madam, as the case may be? Julie. Hello, Julie. How are you today?
0: I'm fabulous.
7: Julie, are you, in fact, fabulous, or would you say you are more splendid?
0: Oh, I'm splendid, wonderful, it's Friday, and I don't care, and... uh I really love the show. I gotta tell you, I I'm really glad that you guys are on. The snarky cynicism is great.
7: Well, we uh, we try to power through the day with the aid of all American hate, Julie. <laughs> I love so, it. all right, well, love we're it. glad it is resonating within you. Uh, all right, can you identify the Poison video that gave us that soundbite, Julie?
0: Um, I'm gonna try. I knew, of course, I knew the other answers in this one. I'm like, I'm thinking it's nothing but a good time. Gah!
7: this is i, I this is yeah, like right. from hell's heart you stab at me with this oh, God, I oh, don't die. I'm uh, the first girl that i've heard all right julie uh, we appreciate you attempting uh, to uh, answer this correctly i am forced to inform you that you uh, have in fact failed in that endeavor. but you know but you know you have point for style and you buttered us up with a compliment so you will always have a warm place in our heart julie Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, one more try here. Higher on the Rick Emerson show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Can you identify the poison video that gave us this soundbite? Are we going
4: to dance? Or or are we, we going to
7: play? play? Can you identify that, sir or madam?
4: I believe I can.
7: What is that, my friend?
4: Was that Unskinny Bob?
7: Congratulations for the love of holy God. You've won a pair of passes to see Brett Michaels, ladies and gentlemen. You will also have a meet and greet and your chance to perform on stage with Brett Michaels himself for nothing but a good time, which is the final song of the night. Congratulations, sir. Excellent. Thank all right, you. thank you. I'll put you on hold there, and Greg Nibbler will uh get all your info. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one, and that really is not so much a victory for uh, that guy and for us. It is also a victory for Greg Nibbler, who now doesn't have to screen out the dozens of angry callers who were furious that they did not get on the phones, even though they knew the answer. So, all right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Willamette Week Arts and Culture Editor. Kelly Clark. Hello, hey how are you today?
9: Nice to be back. I'm swine flu free, at least this morning.
6: well okay. you know, Minnesota is we'll buffering for you, but it's not so much playing.
9: Oh, you know what? As long as I'm in there somewhere.
7: <laughs> is this the Dandy Warhols? Yes, this <laughs> is song. Have songs. we decided this is your theme song?
9: Yes, this is my theme
7: song. Hey, will the Willamette be uh, preparing a special f- uh, swine flu issue?
9: You know, actually, we have some swine flu coverage, some, some hot, heavy... Things to be terrified of. Actually, things to be really terrified of that will come out next Wednesday. Here's the thing.
7: You should do that thing. I don't know if everybody remembers back uh, the last time uh, we had one of these inanities, which was the anthrax scare, mm-hmm. because the National Enquirer is printed in, I think, Boca Raton or someplace where, you know, there was a lot of that uh, the white powder turned up. And so and not the usual white powder that one finds in Boca Raton. And they actually had to start putting these huge labels on the front of everything that was published at that organization, which is the National Enquirer, the Star and the Weekly World News saying like, like, not published in, like, the Anthrax building. Please buy this anyway. Like, it's not going to kill you. So maybe the Willamette should do that. You should do a whole, like, not printed in Willamina kind of a deal.
9: Maybe we should just put labels that say free day, like free vacation day. Read now. Printed now with 100% more swine flu.
7: People love things that are free, and uh, people love even things- illness. <laughs> well, I mean, look, uh, they weren't charging me for it, and I figure if I don't want the swine flu, maybe everybody's I can, got it. I can re-gift the new it big thing. to somebody. So, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, well, before we talk about it, Sarah and I've got to get to this business of cleaning out the studio yes. yesterday. Yes, 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 yes.
6: We've got to talk about that
7: because while everybody's sort of here, Sarah Dillon is here, Tim Riley at the news desk, Kelly Clark from the Willamette, and uh, I, your humble narrator, uh, Rick Emerson, here as well. So while we're all in the room, I'm going to bring out this thing in a moment that Sarah and I found in a dark corner of the studio. We were cleaning out our old studio yesterday. Because we've been out of there for a while, and they're going to use it for, you know, just audio production. So, we, you know, we don't want to be jackasses and just be having our stuff laying around. So we go through, and man, it was like two hours of throwing stuff away and it's that deal it. was. Like, it
6: took forever and we're inhaling dust. It was just, oh, so gross.
7: And where you don't realize how much stuff is in the air you breathe until you have to clean a room.
6: Well, and how much rotting food and coffee cups and everything was oh, in there. Oh, here's, by but, the way. I think this is just YouTube.
7: No, 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 here's, no. No, this is clean. This is the best quote from Sarah <laughs> Dillon yesterday. The best quote from Sarah. This is at, uh, let's see. 1051 a.m. yesterday. Sarah Dillon finds bag of quote, squishy year-old limes sitting on a back shelf. Ooh. Now, do you remember all of those times we would be in the studio and one of us would start coughing or wheezing or we'd have some sort of an asthmatic reaction? Well, and somebody would say, <laughs> and by somebody I mean Tim or myself, would say, it's almost like there's mold or something in the studio. I I don't really know where all of this this well, would I- be coming from. <laughs> Sarah, you don't have a bag of squishy year-old limes
6: around here, do you? No, of course not. I think Sarah needs to fess up. She's a mold addict. No, I'm totally into mold. But <laughs> yesterday when we were going through all the bags and stuff, I kept finding these little brown bags, and then I'd open them, and there were bottles of vodka in them. <laughs> like, all these airplane bottles. And so I found another brown bag. I'm like, ooh, vodka. And I stick my hand in, and all of a sudden it's just mush, and it's these moldy, like, like there are about, Rick, how many of them were there, like 10?
7: I was 10, and I actually wrote down your quote exactly. You said, quote, I stuck my hand in there because I thought it was more vodka. <laughs> which is sort of like a, it looks just like skinny and sweet oh, of the rotting citrus world. It was
6: oh. so wrong.
7: Uh, but unbelievably, that is not the most disturbing thing we found in the studio. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few. It's sitting right over here on the floor. I'll, uh, oh. Do tell. You'll find out what that item is in just a few before we do anything else, uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, you guys are following a story, I think it's in the new issue, that we were talking about earlier this week, which is this insanity at the Portland airport where the TSA guys were just, like, rifling through everybody's uh, the bags and just, like, selling all their stuff on eBay.
9: Yeah, this is amazing. The cops busted a group of baggage handlers who were just pilfering things from the bags. And the best thing for me, at least, and this is all in the story, what they stole. So a Wii, Louis Vuitton handbags, the office DVDs, an enchanted orchid body lotion. Yeah. Okay, it's one thing if you're not, you know, safe to put like a video gaming system in there, but if you can't even put oh, lotion, you know, like Body Shop what's like enchan- mango.
6: Is that like like Victoria's Secret or something? I enchanted- don't know, it just says in
9: quotes enchanted this is uh, this is from the police report that our reporter found. It's enchanted orchid body lotion. I mean, come on. That what's next? Like one of these my saline is not like the I know, I don't like chapstick. Well, this like, is like nothing uh, is safe any longer.
7: It's like in Fight Club when they're having the discussion about the uh, we always use the indefinite pronoun yeah. a vibrator, not your, your vibrator, vibrator or whatever it is he says. And plus, they were since they had all this stuff like in a room and they were going to be selling it on the intertron. The idea that they were going to be—I mean, first of all, who buys like an intimate body lotion off the it's, it's, when it's undoubtedly open? That's the other thing. Um, so I don't really know who says, I need uh, some uh, lubricant to be rubbing in a special area. Let me go on the internet and see if I can find something that's already been half consumed.
9: You know, then the other funny thing about the story, which I think we're going to get a little bit more later, is that supposedly the woman who was kind of the ringleader name was Bridget Bunnell. And, uh, there's a quote from one of the other baggage handlers that calls her a queen bee who never got in trouble because male employees and managers did her bidding.
7: They did her bidding? Doesn't
9: it sound just like a TV movie, you know? Bridget always got her way, and even she, when it came to luggage. Like it's just kind of.
7: <laughs> and I don't really know wow. what a woman in her position was. What there? She just worked for the for the TSA.
9: Yeah, no, she worked for Northwest Airlines. She was kind of uh, one of the baggage handlers, and well, she and was the manager always... of one of the of the other baggage handlers. And she was kind of turning a blind eye to them stealing, and then she would get a portion. Of whatever they stole. As long
7: as Bridget gets to wet her beak.
9: Exactly. As long as Bridget gets her lotion, everyone stays happy.
7: <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, and I think I speak for everybody when I say that you must be an attractive woman to work as a baggage handler. So, Do they have I, any
6: pictures of Bridget? Do you have any? Yes, we have
9: one in the newspaper and of her cohort. Uh, she actually... So one guy got arrested, and I don't remember his name, but... um he got arrested because Bridget turned him in.
7: By the way, and I she bet. turned him in
9: because she wasn't getting her share.
7: I just no 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 because no 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 you would be good to mama, mama be good to you, mama be good to you. Uh, but here's the other thing, the final thought on this. I don't know what Bridget looks like, and I'm, this is uh, the you Bridget. No, I don't. Here's why. <laughs> here's why because this Bridget woman who worked at uh, worked at one of the airlines at Portland International Airport, uh, you know, and they got busted for selling all the stuff belonging to passengers. In my head, when they describe her as being a queen bee that sort of had everybody under her thumb. I'm picturing her being that, um, corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking, just a moment, that Ooh, woman. She goes to the cut and curl. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then she and Blanche go down to jaw with the girls at the hot tips nail salon.
9: You know what? You're not
7: that far off. Oh, wow. <gasps> oh, can I see I'll her? take bloated like Tanya Harding for a thousand. Ooh, there she is. Oh, she's That's sexy. Exactly
9: also, like Tanya Harding. I'm really impressed with our artist rendering of her right next to it. We have this like little cartoon of them in action. That
7: That's woman awesome. needs all the lotioning uh, that she can possibly <laughs> Also a hood. All right. <laughs> It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, breaking news from Tim Riley about swine flu and children. America's greatest natural resource. It's swine strike 2009. Well, that's more from Kelly Clark from the alignment week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rick Emerson Show. These are the Beastie Boys. It's Rock 101 K UFO Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Our phone lines are open. <laughs> Caller 10 gets my seed. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up in just a moment, we'll answer the question, what did we find in a dark corner of our former studio? Let's, we'll uh, wrap things up with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Ladies and gentlemen, with breaking news, it is Tim Riley at the news desk.
8: Confirm. All Willamette School District schools are closed today due to the swine flu scare. Once again, all Willamette School District schools. I just confirmed that. I called the district myself. Also, Western Oregon University is closed. A probable case of the Heine virus. <laughs> well, this is spelled, this virus is spelled H1N1, which visually looks like Heine.
6: H1N1. Heine virus? Yes.
7: H1N1? Yes. That's what this virus is called. H1N1. Heine virus is something that Paul Lind gets. All right. Well, there you go. The Heine virus. The Heine virus. Right. Also,
8: yeah. call him again, Sam. The Oregonian claims Sam Adams called Bo Breedlove 33 times when he was still 17. They made a very special call to him on his birthday. <gasps> there are also more whispers that there may have been more city hall arrestroom restroom activities than originally thought are there whispers tim yes there I are will, no. those hmm. become, will
6: those whispers become uh,
7: whispers well those whispers gain From a, a whisper full to
6: a scream
7: a full voice before the <laughs> end of this uh, show scream,
6: the, Bob read, the, the Bob read the story
7: all right so that is just i can't believe you know what we're gonna talk believe about we're gonna talk about and believe that here in just a few months ago. So that actually will give me time to find the appropriate music and also band. the
8: rock cats eliminated the blazers last night
7: Oh, I'm sorry, the Rockets. <laughs> the Rockets. That's so much better. Uh, and, and so this was a thing that, uh, Sarah, you were well, you went to see the Timbers game, but then where were we, did when did the Blazers game I saw end the Blazers relative game. to the Timbers so game? So I
6: went to the Matador. Um, you know, start off with a couple the drinks of the Matador. The Matador. I went there, start watched the beginning of the Blazers game, which got off to a terrible start anyway, then went to the Timbers game and then ended up leaving there a few minutes before the Timbers game ended and got there just in time to see everyone crying after the Blazers. I kind I was heard so this, sad.
7: They apparently, I mean look, I I say this as a guy with like uh, my sports knowledge could fit inside the navel of a flea, but apparently the Blazers really brought the suck last night. I guess they had like it, it was
6: I I don't they, they laid a big any, old egg. It yeah.
9: was awful. Yeah,
6: I I don't claim to know anything about basketball, but from what I saw they
7: Apparently was it was
6: uh, No, you don't know, need to no, know anything about yeah. basketball to know how
9: bad it was. Yes, <laughs> it was like something
7: you see at the YMCA. <laughs> All right, so they were the Washington Generals of uh, of Portland.
3: All right, so just <gasps> you have the bag real quickly. Here. Oh, okay, wait. So I had
7: to bring out this backpack that we found lurking, and right here, it is a black canvas backpack, and
6: it was stacked behind like this piece of wood that has been propped against the um, back wall for like a year. It really mm-hmm. knows how long that's been back there. I mean, it was almost oh, no. like
7: you had to sort of pull out the book in the like a, you know in Bruce Wayne's study to have sure. it like swing around so you could go down the pole into the back cave. So here's a backpack. And so Sarah and I are cleaning out the studio, and it's like just mostly it's piles of CDs and like, and, like Kiss dolls. <laughs> three complete sets of Kiss uh, collectible figurines, uh, and then like a bunch of silverware and just you know papers and just schmutz and whatever. So we go through, but we find this black canvas backpack, and I thinking, well, whose is this? And then is that, that thing was in there all the time? Where you can feel uh, that something, yeah, it was in the studio for God knows how long, and where you can feel that something's in it, but it's one of those backpacks that has like so many zippers you can't. Every time you open a zipper and put your hand in, like you can't quite, uh, you can't quite figure out, you know what, what's, you know, what's going on inside. I'm just leaning farther and farther
9: away from you, right so, now. So,
7: okay, so I'm opening the backpack here. All right, and so I've got. I'm just going <laughs> to start pulling things out. The first thing we see in this backpack, and again, we have no idea who this is or how long it was in the uh, studio, is a library book, which is almost certainly overdue at this point. So there is a, a book from the Multnomah County Library. Uh, it, it appears to be a science fiction novel uh, of Future, some kind. Washington. All right. Future I d-
9: Washington? I
7: don't know what else. So it uh, so then there's this. So then there's a TriMet pass. It's like or it's like a TriMet schedule or something. Then there's this wallet which has no actual identification in it. There's nobody's name, nobody's picture in it. You open it up. Well let's see what's in here.
6: This is the worst part. Uh-uh.
7: So I'm opening up this wallet. I
6: opened this yesterday <laughs> mistakenly
9: after squishing into the limes.
7: Yes, what ladies and gentlemen, for you. inside this mystery wallet, which was inside the mystery backpack, which was in our studios for God oh, knows I how long. I know. It is <laughs> two latex gloves and some squeezable containers of Bactine Ugh. for the win. So there you go. So who could this belong to? You we know, didn't go
6: through the rest of it, though. Was there anything else I, in there?
7: I I don't really know. Uh, what was that packet of? Uh, stuff? That was
9: wait. What, yeah, I want I want to pull something out of the mystery backpack. I I don't really know. <laughs> it's so it's like, like a prize, prize closet. <laughs> you,
7: we'll have at it here uh, during the break. When we come back, Tim Riley at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Clark. The new issue is on stands now. What well, Lamet Week? Yes, it or is. W Week W Week dot com. You can go check everything out. All right, straight ahead. Uh, we'll continue to rummage through the uh, contents of this mystery satchel, and Tim Riley has the sordid truth about a man named bo it is the rick emerson show it's rock 101 kufo share your thoughts with billions i love a man in yellow pants call
4: 503-228-4101 the rick emerson show returns it is
7: the rick emerson show it's rock
4: 101
7: kufo thank you for coming by it's friday it's 503-228-4101 503-228-4101 don't forget Coming up tonight, 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 The Big Lebowski, which is Court and Fatboy's Midnight Movie. On the big screen at the Baghdad, it is their, what is it, fourth year I think they've done it? The Cinco de Lebowski? Uh, you must march this year, and you must march wearing your bathrobe. You can find out more uh, about this uh, blessed event by uh, hearing the uh, Corden Fatboy show this afternoon, 3 to 7, or by going to KUFO.com. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim
1: Riley.
8: A follow-up on a story we broke here just moments ago. All Willamina School District schools are closed. Apparently, there is fear that a student at Willamina Elementary School may have the swine flu. That has not been confirmed, but all the school district schools are closed due to the fact that it is not a student at the elementary school may have swine the swine flu
7: you know sometimes when a news story is happening or some sort of event is taking place you can already in your head see forward to when michael ian black is making fun of it on vh1 in five or six years you know what i mean remember when it was all about swine flu yeah so we are in that moment right now ladies and gentlemen here's tim riley
8: call me says sam adams well he called bobreed love 33 times when the younger man was 17 that's far more than adams had acknowledged having with the teenager now, Adam's phone records say he made calls to Breedlove in the weeks after they met in March 2005. Three months later, Breedlove turned 18, the edge of consent. And there's uh, more from the... This is from the Oregonian story, mind you. This is from the Oregonian. Now, Adam said that Breedlove had just turned 18 when the two had sex. Breedlove tells the same story. And he adds a detail that the two kissed in the City Hall men's room after a first Thursday event, June 2nd, 2005, when Breedlove was 17. Mm. But Adams' calendar shows he was in New York on vacation that week. State criminal investigators have interviewed one person whose account suggests a different timetable for that City Hall encounter. A former City Hall security officer told investigators that during a first Thursday event earlier in 2005, another security guard reported discovering Adams with a young man in the second floor men's room. This is the Oregonian story now. Glenn Clark said he told investigators that he was working City Hall's first floor security desk while another guard named Jacoby DeMissi was stationed on the second floor. Clark was surprised when DeMissi walked downstairs, stopping about 10 feet from him. Clark recalled that DeMissi told him, quote, in a flat tone, something to the effect of, I just saw Sam Adams having sex with a younger guy in the bathroom.
7: Wow. Wow.
8: I cannot be certain of exactly what Demissy said, Clark said, in the signed and notarized statement which he gave to investigators and the Oregonian. But the way Demissy made the statement made it clear to me that Adams and the younger man were doing more than kissing or making out.
7: No, but, but see, I, 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 I just don't buy it, though. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing, like... it. I mean, here's why. I mean, where would this would have been in the city hall bathroom? Yes, which is a publicly accessible bathroom. No, that is, and that is like, I mean, what's someone to say? Wow, I'm astonished that that would be in a notarized document, but that just rings false to me.
6: But I mean, notarized doesn't mean true, right? No, but I mean,
7: but 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 that's but but that document is part of the attorney general's investigation, is it not? So that's part of a. So that's I don't know, but I think that's probably perjury. Right. So. Hey, whether or not you think uh, Sam Adams is doing anything improper, whether you think he, in fact, was doing something illegal. I mean, that leaving all of that aside, mm. that detail right there, that rings completely false to me. I just don't I don't buy it at all. So
8: it continues here. Clark told the Oregonian that he didn't record the missing's report in that even incident log. A check confirms that. Now, this account does have problems. First, the missing told the Oregonian that the incident never happened, no. never happened. Second, Breedlove described a security guard who found him in Adams in the men's room that night as an older white male. Uh, the missing is young and African-American, and the date doesn't
7: fit Breedlove's account. Uh, yeah, that, 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 story just, uh, that is what the British legal system would call a transparent falsehood to yep. me. Um, it is worth noting when we had Beau Breedlove on this very fine radio program uh, just a, a couple of weeks back, I asked him, and, you know, he didn't he didn't answer. He got very uncomfortable, and he didn't. I, I don't have the audio, uh, uh, unfortunately, but uh, he got very uncomfortable. He didn't want to answer this question, but I asked him, because there's, I think, by everybody's acknowledgement, Bo Breedlove and Sam Adams, I think they've, I think Breedlove, anyway, has said it. Adams hadn't denied it. That means true. So I suppose that's, I suppose that's, we have to say that. I don't know that it's true, and I don't know that it's been proven, but Bo Breedlove has said that they kissed in the men's bathroom. And I asked him when he was on the show, I said, do you think kissing is a sexual act and there was this long pause and he went not answer it and he got very he blushed he got very embarrassed and he wouldn't answer it because it kind of all hinges on that i mean like if you believe that kissing and i don't mean like kissing your aunt if you believe kissing is a sexual act and if which i think we all do i think if you are past the age of uh, majority uh not majority what's this? what am i trying to say what the catholics say the age of uh it's reason or whatever it is but you know what i mean like if you're i mean look if you're an adult if you get you, you know you if you're a past the age of rationality we all know that kissing is sex to some degree um you know and so if that is proven to have happened or or, or adams cops do it i mean that's that as far as i'm concerned but i mean we don't know that it's true so
8: so in closing adams personally gave the oregonian his phone records and blacked out what he said were personal calls except for those to breed love the buildings don't show the source of the incoming calls, nor do they provide a record of the text messages. Adams made most of the calls between March 31st to May 9th, and many lasted just one minute. So uh, that's it for
7: the... So what kind of phone calls are... I I ask, uh, knowing that there's any number of amusing answers to this. Yes. What kind of phone calls are you placing like 40 times in a row that are all one minute?
8: That's just... Some th- people don't like to talk on the phone. I make phone calls... That last 1 My short minute. phone
6: calls are just to like plan to meet somebody somewhere to be like, all right, I'll be there in five minutes. And well, see,
7: the, the thing is like, uh, if you're on a cell phone, and it sounds like this might have been on a cell phone or something, mm-hmm. th- it doesn't, isn't the default, in other words, isn't it always a minimum of a minute? Like, if you call yeah. and the, the call is connected, that's a minute. Oh, yeah. So there is, like, there are no four second calls. Your company bills you, whatever the phone company is, they bill you by the minute, starting at connection, that is one minute.
6: Well, maybe he was nervous calling him, maybe he was doing the call and hang up. But it, it like, would register as a minute. He's
7: picturing Sam Adams on prom night. <laughs> it's and, like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if would like to maybe go uh, out later and get some cheese fries. Ah. It just it's <laughs> calling and then letting it ring. Or, I mean, there's something to be. Well, there's. Was he. So these were Sam so Adams. He
6: Sam so Adams calling Bo Breedlove re- repeatedly, but not Bo Breedlove calling Sam Adams. Is that
7: right, Tim? Is it they all from Sam Adams to Bo Breedlove? I'm looking here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that no. a. Uh, yeah. I wonder if maybe somebody else answered the phone. I'm just speculating. This is all stuff I don't no, know. No, because I'm it just said that it was to his... Hello,
6: Sam Adams residence? No, it said that it was to his mother's house, some of them, and some of them to right. yes, his cell so, Some
7: so but, of them to his mother's house. That's correct. So what if he calls, the mom answers the phone, click. I mean, mm. who's to say, right? I mean, you know, if you are... Again, oh, I'm, yes. I'm, I am just wondering aloud here that if you are uh, the mother of a, at that point, a 17-year-old uh, boy and, you know... Some guy calling, you might that might seem a little weird. 33 so, times. 33 times. So uh, maybe the way to avoid that weirdness is you just don't talk to the mom. Mom answers, you hang up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just speculating. I, I could be way if, off. If, if people conducted their lives in
8: that manner, that may be the way that things are done. <sighs>
7: uh, I don't know. I it, 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 when is the Hey, here's a question. Uh, there's two things. One, when is this attorney general's thing going to be done? And then the second question is... When is the six-month point from the election? So that would be what? That would be December, January, February, March, April, May? Yeah. It's was that soon. next week?
8: Soon, yeah. I, I believe so. It's coming up very soon.
7: Because six months, that's the point when they can recall him, isn't it? Or they can start the recall process. It's kind of strange nobody's oh. been talking about that. Well, this is
6: funny. Maybe they've been sitting on this for a while.
7: That's a good point. I wonder if this was time to come out uh, to coincide with the recall period.
8: Okay, a little bit more than this. So uh, will of mine thing. Hold on a second. Hey. Where's my will of to sound? All right. This beginning is beginning to sound a little bit fishy, as kids might do. This was all triggered when at least two students called in sick with flu symptoms. Uh-huh. They wanted to err on the side of caution. They got Isn't it right supposed to be 70 o'clock.
6: today? I'm sorry? I was saying, it's funny that they have the flu and it's supposed to be like 70 degrees
7: today. Well, it is one of two things. We were noting uh, the other day that, all like, down
8: at the old swimming hole At the swimming hole.
7: <laughs> Tom and Huck are flipping a quarter to decide who's going to call in to Miss Grundy. I say, like, merging all of my pop culture references together. But we, we, with that Brooklyn school or the Bronx or whatever it was, we were noting that it, all it really, and not we're, of course, not advocating that you do this, kids. Sounds like you don't need our encouragement to do this anyway. It, all you really have to do is tell your school, like, I don't know, I got flu-like symptoms. And it seems like the school at this point, wouldn't you agree that if a kid shows up at school, kids, I'm not telling you to do this. Your other kids
8: get sick. Then the school district would be blamed for not closing. That's the the thing.
7: That's the thing. If they have to close the school, if a kid says he's got the flu, kids, listen up. This is something you should never do because your education is crucial. It is important that you learn fractions, for example, because you'll use them every day.
6: I can barely remember addition. Your
7: state capitals, that's also important. Whatever you do, go to school because it's not a waste of time foisted upon you by your corporate masters. Uh, and Sarah has a couple of suggestions what to do with the day kids. Come
2: up in the summertime and let's go fishing. That's another good thing. And ride. Okay, we'll ride the bike to the fishing hole. Okay. We'll do that.
7: Let's go swing a dead cat from a string. Uh, anyway, so if a kid calls up his school or or, the, or he's in the classroom and he says, eh, eh, I don't know, I just got all this, uh, I don't know, I suddenly got all these uh, flu-like uh, symptoms coming out of me. I just, I don't feel very good. Then you are right. The school has to close down mm-hmm. because if they don't, and a whole class of kids, uh, you know, suddenly they're all picked up or whatever, uh, then, then there's going to be a lawsuit. So... Kids, well, if you if use that kids res- are
8: faking this, you're going to ruin your futures. <laughs> it's going to go down in your permanent record.
7: It'll ruin your futures, just like marijuana. So uh, use this information responsibly, won't you please? The Rick Emerson Show continues next. More of Tim Riley at the news desk when we return. It is Rock 101 KUFO. This is Guns N' Roses. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Winner, truly absolutely definitively the saddest part of your broadcasting day it is the rick emerson radio show and uh i'll just say this so during the break just now uh, it, it, very infrequently do i actually do the huh! or say oh, omg uh, i actually just did both of those things we went to a break um so before we actually uh, roll this snuff watch so uh, there is a, a celebrity somebody died, somebody died. And I just saw the announcement during the break, I, just now in the commercial break. So, uh, and then Tim and I, I printed it out for Tim and you said who? And, and I said, cruelly, immediately turning someone's demise into radio amusement. I said, you have to guess, uh, Sarah. Uh, so we well, get 20 questions. We're never good at that. So we'll give you like five.
6: Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean,
7: you're probably not going to get it, but who knows?
6: Okay. Man or woman, man, um, singer,
7: uh, yes,
6: singer, 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 um, Sting,
7: <laughs> wasting a guess for a thousand. No,
6: I don't know. Some other day for Sting. Is he white? Yes. Yes. Um,
7: you got one guess left.
6: Uh, Mark Wahlberg. No. No. Okay.
7: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is your snuff watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson show.
8: Las Vegas entertainer and headliner Danny Gans oh. died mysteriously in his sleep overnight. He Danny was 52, Gans. the cause of death unknown. He's been a Vegas entertainer for more than 12 years, performing as a self-described musical impressionist. His show at the Mirage earned him the title of Las Vegas Entertainer of the Year for 11 years in a row. In February, Gans changed venues and has been performing a show at the new Encore Theater. And Danny Gans has a wife. And they really? have three children. Who knew?
7: I mean, who knew he even existed uh, apart from Billboard? You know, he's he's gracing billboards in heaven mm. now, Tim. Uh, by the way, just for those longtime listeners of The Rick Emerson Show, there's We've a... I've kind
6: of been obsessed with Danny Gans.
7: Uh, I've been obsessed with... I always with, put off seeing him because I thought he'd always be there. That's oh. now and forever. Uh, oh, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe they'll just... But uh, he'll always be... He'll he'll be, you know, he's he's performing nightly in my heart. Uh, But if you listen to the show for a long time, we have this, you know, the Rick Emerson, now uh, Oregon Entertainer of the Year, four years running. And that is a thing, a little uh, behind the curtain, that I took from Danny Gans, because he does that totally unattributed Vegas Entertainer of the Year 11 years in a row. And that's why I am Oregon Entertainer of the Year four years in a row. It is totally a Danny Gans tribute. And he's just such a mystery. It's like, what does he do? And what he does is he appears on billboards and then apparently makes billions of dollars. So, and I was just in Vegas over the weekend. That's the other thing. And I you was, could have seen him. I could have seen him. I was there. You could and I could have ch- seen
6: his last stand, his last hurrah. I could have seen
7: him on Sunday because I saw Donnie and Marie, then Britney. I could have seen him on Sunday.
8: Well, you know, there,
6: there's some extra uh,
8: store space at the Liberace Museum for another museum of entertainment.
7: <laughs> Daddy Gans. Come to Gansville. There's Any your.
8: For what admission <laughs> price?
7: There's your snuff watch. No waiting. There's your snuff watch for Friday. Danny Gans finally rolled a craps. All right, uh, it is. Seriously,
6: uh, did you say that?
7: I was going to go snake eyes, but that seemed to uh, that was too much. I think too soon. It's like you said he
6: was yeah, so, rolling and- crap. No, like yeah, so a, a the last we Just end it with the word crap.
8: That's good. <laughs> no, the S he <laughs> will always be remembered,
7: <laughs> Mister Craps. Uh, I want to be. I want to be a casino dealer named Mister Craps. That's fantastic. Tim Riley, thank you for gracing us with news headlines today, such as... Such as another
8: case of the swine flu, maybe, or mischievous children. And Sam Adams, well, he's in the spotlight back again. And a woman says somebody tried to steal her baby in her southeast apartment.
7: We want to thank Peter Carlin for the Oregonian, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, Aaron Duran, geekinthecity.com, uh, Jim Roop, and Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillin' for Rock 101, KUFO phone the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donut with me, Reynolds executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. My name is Rick Emerson. It is May 1st, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. Have a good weekend. Be safe. See y'all at Lebowski tonight. Bye.
1: I'm from
0: she is a typical white person.